everybody and welcome to episode 505 of Conversation Street, the Conversation Street podcast with me, Michael, and her. Did you forget what your name I was? I did. Oh, no, well that's usually how you'd start the episodes. I was going for a Gemma opening there and I kind of forgot. Well, how do you do it? I don't know, just do it. However, however, it works well. It's a nice intro. You are? I'm Gemma. Pleasure to meet you, my darling. And we my are darling. talking to my darling. Who do you think you are? Sarah, Sarah Louise, yeah. She, she hasn't called me for a little bit. No, oh, she, she, today she did. Did she? Yeah. Because I went cringe. Did I make? Did I maybe switch when off on some of that Sarah and Adam story? Buggering around making a cup of tea, you know <laughs> how he likes one after he's had a bit of a session. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I know. That, that Sarah and Adam story didn't really need to carry on today, did it? It, it had a natural conclusion on, I know, on some, Wednesday. But you see, this is what I thought when when spoiler alert on on Wednesday Lydia left. I no, think she left on Monday, didn't? Whenever she left, people know. were like, "Oh, Wednesday, it was Wednesday." That was a bit quick. And then Cranish's shoot was like, oh, yeah? Oh, yeah? You think this storyline's over? No. <laughs> well, I mean, I think that Sarah Lou's going to be uh, maybe caught up in another storyline coming up soon because she knows things. She, d- I don't she, think... Sarah knows things. Mm. I think you she need to know what you know things. and what you don't know, and I don't think she knows either of those things. <laughs> we'll get to that later. We are talking about the Coronation Street episodes broadcast in the UK between the 21st and the 26th of March, not the 26th, 25th of March uh, 2022, and that is episodes 10,592 to 10,597. Oh, and we are still... I, I'm just still recovering from our, our weekend away. I don't know about you, feeling a little bit... Feeling a little bit exhausted. Yeah, it's very a, much so. It's a good weekend. Gemma's been very busy today, haven't you? Been doing some DIY, kind of. Is it count as DIY? I think it does. Go on then, what have you been doing? It's been staying in the decking. It took a bloody day. Staying in the decking. Staying in the decking. Yeah. Yeah. Because we, we, we bought, we paid for somebody to come and sort our decking out. Uh, you know, a new house got decking. We got to do grown up things like that. Um, but he only did half a job. We thought he was going to like properly make it as good as new. Well, I did just... say... What he just kind of cleaned I it. I did say, it? can you stain it? And I think he just conveniently forgot. But he <laughs> did quite cheap. cut, nearly cut his fingers off with a circular saw. Mm. And then not, my mum, not whilst cleaning our decking. My mum, my mum came round when he was because he came when we were in Manchester unexpectedly, and my mum came round when he was there, and she kept texting me like, "Oh, the poor lad, he's <laughs> nearly lost his fingers." I was like, "Well, I can't get him to stain the decking now, can I?" So Gemma has been on her hands and knees all day today in the sun, standing in the deck in, getting a bit tired out. And uh, we're still going to do a podcast anyway. Well, because we're still was, only halfway done as well. There was lots of good stuff happening in Coronation <sighs> Street this week. But before we get to that, we have got to remind you about our Patreon competition, which has got one week left. You have still got seven days to be able to enter this. It closes on the 31st of March and you can win a top tier Conversation Street Patreon account with us. Pretty good, isn't it? Pretty good, pretty good. Who wouldn't want that? Gemma, don't yawn. It's an amazing prize. Sorry, I'm really tired. I am really tired. <laughs> we have had loads of entries so far, but it is still not too late to enter. All you need to do is email us at conversationstreet at gmail.com with the subject heading competition. And you need to tell us which anniversary the podcast is celebrating later this year. It's easy, easy thing to do. I'm not even going to tell you the answer now, but you know, don't you? You know how long we've been going. Bloody ages, that's how long. If you write that, you don't. Right. You don't get entered though. Enter the competition. Um, you got till the end of next week, 
And I've said all this. Thank you very much for our mysterious benefactor. Oh, I didn't say that. Thank would you, you yes. like me to do you a quiz? Um, yes, I would like you to do me a quiz. Right. What's okay. Question. Questions for things that happened between the twenty first and the twenty fifth of March in years ending in the two hundred seven. And I sourced this from Chiropedia, aka CoronationStreet.fandom.com. Question number one: twenty first of March, nineteen seventy seven. Which character stops Rita from heading to Tenerife for a singing engagement with a proposal of marriage? Uh, 19 when? 77. Uh, 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 Len. Who? Len Fairclough. Yes. I, well done. Thanks. 21st of March what? 2007. Jan- Janice pawns all of her jewellery to raise £400 to try to convince Leanne to give up which career? <laughs> what was it she was doing? Sexy dancing. No. Oh, was it not sexy dancing? Oh, was she prostituting her? That is the legal definition of what ah. she was up to. Um, and uh, Leanne was like, thanks, Mum, but I can make that in a night. <laughs> That's literally what she said. Did she? Uh, 23rd I think of March. I might have watched that actually well, just recently. If I did that, I could afford to get the man back to stay in the deck in. I'm just thinking. Could you do a sexy dance for the man? Oh, my goodness, sexy dance. <laughs> no, like Jabba the Hutt. <laughs> 23rd of March, 1992. A shocked Mavis discovers that Rita is moving to Florida. So she plans to buy what? The cabin. Yeah, well done. Thanks. 23rd of March. <laughs> what was that? A, a ticket to go with her. A, a, a nice hat. A farewell card. <laughs> a pass for Disney World. 23rd of March 2007, a distraught Deirdre tells Tracy she can't go on the stand for her because of health reasons, but what's the true reason? Tracy's told her that she killed Charlie Stubbs on purpose. Not quite. Give you half. She thinks that she did it. But she... Oh. 24th of March 2002, what does Fizz do to... Can you be quiet? What does Fizz do to protest being sacked from Underworld? Topless protest! Woo-woo! Correct. She stands on the roof with no top on. That was 20... a funny episode. 24th of March 1997. What problem does Angie warn Mike about, which ends up being solved accidentally by Don Brennan being an arsonist? That's a really complicated question. But it's to do with the fact that um, Mike Baldwin was produ- was doing knockoff K-Beck clothing, wasn't he? And um, the whole, you know, the factory was full of dodgy knockoff clothes and Don burns the factory down and the the dodgy stock with it. I will give you a point, even though the real problem was not that he was counterfeiting <laughs> it, it was that Quebec knew. Okay. 25th of March, 2007. Which two characters are the only ones to appear in this episode? Deirdre and Tracy. There you go. Classic you know, episode, we just watched that. While you were mumbling, yes. complaining about the answer to a question. Okay, okay. So before then, she didn't... Tracy suspected that Tracy right. did it on purpose. Did you Tracy? Yes. Good episode. We just watched that fairly recently. Continue. That's how many you got. How many? How many? One, that two, many. three, four, five and a half out of seven. Good job, Michael. Birthday. It's 27th of March. Zara Abrams, who played Joanne Jackson, and Julia Goulding, who played Shona. Oh, it's Jill's birthday, Yeah. 28th of March, Beverly Callard played Liz McDonald and Nikki Sanderson, who played Candy Stowe. 29th of March, Julie Goodyear played Bette Lynch. And this is a good week this week. Debbie Rush, who played Anna Windass. 31st of March, director Mary McMurray. That's a great name. Mary McMurray. Mary McMurray. <laughs> uh, 1st of April, Joan Francis, who played Doc Greenhouse. 
Liam Barstow played Alex Warner and Jack James Ryan, who played Jacob Jack uh, Jack James, Jack James Ryan's birthday next week. Yeah. How cool. The Happy of birthday April, to which all is, those. Is it a good all, day three to have a birthday? Fools next week. I bet you get loads of people going, oh, I didn't get you a card. Or, oh, 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 yes, I did. Or like, here's a present. <laughs> and you open it, it's a poo. <laughs> maybe. Maybe we'll have to ask. Okay, uh, that's we'll it. Have Very... ask. Yeah, we'll have to ask. Have you, Jack, have you had any poos for your birthday ever? Just wanted to know. No, not given to you, though. Yeah. If you've done it yourself, it's, you know, that's just <laughs> everyday business. Oh my gosh. Okay. Thank you, everybody. That, that, I don't know why that, that's not the end of the episode already. Was... Thank you for listening. See you next <laughs> See week. See you next week. We're very tired. No, that was a very efficient start to the episode, yeah, Gemma. So let's crack on it. with Street Talk. Let's go. Okay. This week's Street Talk. And oh, it was another fairly big week on Curry this week. Was it not? It was a trailer-worthy episode. I said, I, I think whenever they have a trailer for Coronation Street, I always think, I'm not going to watch it, but I will watch it at the end of the week, but I never will. Um, was it any good? I don't know. Um, Gemma, did you enjoy this week's Coronation Street? I did, actually. I thought this was a pretty good week. Pretty good. It was okay. It was all right, wasn't it? There were highs it? and lows. Yes, and Adam moved from one to another very quickly on Monday <laughs> in our, our evening's episode, didn't he? So we, I think the only thing that I knew was going to happen this week, because I'd seen a picture of Adam all kind of bloodied up on the floor somewhere, and having a confrontation with um with thingy with Lydia. Lydia, so I didn't know whether she was gonna like beat him up or something. But I, wow, I, she, she would have been pretty vicious. I, did, no I didn't karate. know he was gonna be falling off um, a shopping centre balcony, and I certainly didn't see coming um, all of the developments with um, McNeilan and, uh, and and Laura and um, what's his face Gary today. Although, like I'd said in last week's podcast, because the election happened this week, I did kind of think that there was going to be some kind of unsurfacing of the Rick Nealon um, secret this week. And there was, just not necessarily in the way I expected. So um, the stories that we're going to have this week, I'm going to start off with the Adam one. Uh, I've got a few new storyline titles for this week. I can't say I'm mega proud of any of them. We could call it Flipped Lid, because she kind of flipped him over the balcony, didn't she? Or just The Fall of Adam, which is a, a biblical thing, you know, Fall of Adam. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, of course. Uh, and there's a snake. Pick, pick your, your, your storyline title as much as you want. I love fruit. Yeah, exactly. Um, Sick Nealon's going to come next. I've kind of, for the next bit, I've got this, the, the, the stuff about Laura's being poorly, I'm going to do first. Then I'm going to go back and talk about the Maria election thing. And then they kind of merge together with the confession, uh, well, no, with the discovery of um, the. the, the, the County ground's going to be better, you know, that we, you know, the bit Daddy, I need. Blah, 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 blah. So I'm merge them together a little bit. Um, I got a good storyline title, I thought, for the Maria election one. I should have been using this for months. Barber's Pole. That's all right. Barber's Pole, um, election. It's like a big pole, isn't it? Do you know that makes Shona yeah. what? a Barber's Mole? Barber's Pole and the Barber's Mole, maybe. I, also, I thought we could call the, the Rick, Nick, Rick Nina's dead story Rick and Mortis. <laughs> which is, I was it's looking... A bit like Rick and Morty. It is a bit like Rick and Morty. I was looking at Rick and Mortis online just to... Um, Rick and Mortis. Yeah, Rick and Mortis. Just no, stop saying Rick, Rick and Mortis. Rick and Mortis online. Just to check what it actually was. And it did say that the, the policemen use Rick and Mortis to tell whether bodies have been moved since the death. Can you stop calling it Rick and Mortis? Rick and Mortis. Rick yeah. and Waters. This is Rick and Waters. Do you not know what it was? Yeah, I knew it was about getting all stiff when you're dead. Um, talking of stiff, we're also going to yeah. be doing the Tim storyline later. Yeah. So that's our sixth one. I'll skip to that. And my storyline title for that is T-I-M, T-M-I, which kind of describes yeah. everything that was going on there this evening. Don't want to know. But we have also got a little bit of the uh, the Craig and Faye story. I, I, 
Did we call it cop off before when he was off work? I don't know. I think that's what he's been up to. He has been copping off because Faye Faye's in the family way again. And that's the storyline <laughs> title that we used about seven years ago when Faye was first up the duff. Um, and we have also got a little bit of the Halo stuff as well. Uh, Gemma, do you want to be mostly focusing on the, the Lydia stuff with your synopsis eyes in? Or do you want to do a bit of Gary and... I'll let you decide which one you would rather do. Uh, you do the Adam and Lydia story this week, Sivu Play. Well, the Adam and Lydia story is not as exciting as the Rick Nealon story, but yeah. Adam still did get flipped off a balcony, so... Yeah, yeah. Oh, can I just say as well, thank you very much to Gemma for making the podcast notes uh, me, on Monday. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, did I come home late from school on Monday? I've been late for school lots of times. You had, days you had a very bad week, as usual. <laughs> It's been another stressful week at work, oh my gosh. But yeah, for Monday I was getting a bit maudlin, wasn't I? And Gemma you were not having, yeah, benevolently you were having offered time. to do the notes. I was like, oh, shut up, I'll do it. Like yeah. So, so but I did we, it the we, next day. Yeah, exactly. We watched it together on Monday night, didn't we? And then you made the notes the next day. So I haven't actually read it's um, actually any of this. It's actually quite handy to do the notes the second time around, but it does increase the time. It does by... a little Double. It does. I, I enjoyed watching it on Monday without having to, to make any notes. You're like, wow, this is what, what it must be like to must be a like civilian. To be all the time, yeah. All right, go on then. What's been going on down Sarah and Adam's way? Right, so on Monday, it's Harry's sixth birthday party at Speed Doll. Hooray. <laughs> Isn't that where every kid wants to have their birthday party? Um, Sarah... McDonald's must have been booked up. Sarah tells Adam he can come. And she also invites him for a coffee later to chat. He gets his hopes up a bit and tells Daniel all about it and thinks that Sarah is going to speak in his defence in this court case that's coming up because Lydia is pressing charges on him mm. for uh, beating her up and uh, ruining her up the flat. flat. Yeah. So Adam brings Sarah flowers to this uh, coffee date, optimistic he's going to win her back. But Sarah says, actually, I would like a divorce. It's over. No matter what anybody says, you can't tell me any different. I know that um, you're lying and you have a cold little heart. Um, and then she gets up to talk to Shona at the corner at the counter. Uh, Adam takes her phone and texts someone. Ooh, mysterious. Who could it be? Sarah sees um, Daniel in the street and she tells him that she's filed for divorce. And Daniel's very surprised because he he said that Adam wouldn't be surprised by this. And, and Sarah says he didn't put up much of a fight. And Daniel gets very suspicious about this. We find out that Adam has actually arranged to meet Lydia at a cafe. And it's and he's recording the conversation sneakily on his phone. A cafe? Surely Roy's Cafe, the only cafe in Weatherfield. No, what was it called? Um, Quentin's Quentin, Quentin's right. Cafe. Yeah. yeah. So. Imagine she's had a Quentin cappuccino. <laughs> that's, a, that's, a, that's a thing that's a joke isn't oh, it? I had a cafe called Quentin's I'd definitely tell that and it was filmed like on location and everything it was at a proper shopping centre wasn't it in fact we got we we found out somebody said online where it this was. was didn't we because it, this is a funny one because it was I think I said this on the podcast the other day but it was called Juicy Streets um, shopping centre wasn't Stop it on the show it's juicy Dutchy. How do you pronounce it? I don't know. Do, Which is the name of the road that we stayed in when we were in Manchester. But it was actually formed, filmed at Wheat Sheaf Shopping Centre in Rochdale, um, which uh, Michael Adams on Twitter um, yeah, recognised. Yeah, Michael Adams UK on Twitter. Yes, it's an Check actual place. Check out his account. Yes, he's, he is a fan of knowledge. Well, he, he, he does lots of work at Coronation Street he as does, well, doesn't, doesn't he? he? Yeah. Definitely have worth following. Have you finished Fanny and About now? I have finished Fanny and About. Is... Back to you. Okay. 
So he's recording this. Lydia's annoyed because she thought she was meeting up with Sarah. And then Adam's very apologetic and he tries to get Lydia to confess everything using the angle that Sarah will forgive her if she admits what she did. And Sarah deserves to know the truth because she's an innocent victim and Sarah's only trying to protect her. But Lydia sees the phone in his pocket and she grabs it, deletes the recording and makes fun of him. I love this because we've been saying for weeks, haven't we? Adam, just record the conversation. He finally listened to a podcast. It's like, oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, it's like we literally, there's been so many opportunities for him to have had a sneaky phone in his pocket. But um, yeah, he didn't do such a good job because he? he leans over, doesn't he? And it's there poking out the top. I don't know how she necessarily knew that he was recording it because he could have just been... Maybe that's where all the cool people carry she's their phones. Sneaky. She, yeah. She's sneaky and she's looking out for sneakiness. Okay. Daniel turns up to speed dial uh, where Sarah and Alia are setting up for the party to ask where Adam is. And Sarah's unimpressed and says, look, Adam stole my phone, set up a rendezvous with Lydia and Quentin's in the mall and they're probably canoodling right now. And Daniel says, uh, this, this breaks his bail conditions. This is very concerning. So he he is um he's on the case. Meanwhile, Adam demands that Lydia return his phone while the, the waiter's looking on suspiciously. And I thought this guy was going to become you more important. Good, you made a good tweet about this guy. You, you managed to get a good screenshot of suspicious um, barrister, didn't you? Yeah. Barista, barista. Barista. A barrister and a barista. Yes. I um, don't think that Adam is quite a barrister yet. He was looking at him like, ho, 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 what is this? And like, really, I thought, he's just saying, ha, 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 I'm on Coronation Street. Yeah, that was it. He's like, my mum's going to be absolutely chuffed with this. I cannot wait to watch it with her. I might even be in the trailer. Um, yeah, so I thought this guy was a lot, more, <laughs> a lot more important than he actually was. But, you know, there's no such thing as a small part, is there? So, um, the waiter's looking on. She's threatening him with bail. Adam and Lydia shouting at each other. Adam's paying it with his contactless. Um he follows her upstairs to the foyer with the lift. At this point, this guy apparently works at Quinton's as buckered off. What do you mean he, he's, she's threatening him with bail? Well, because he's not supposed to go anywhere near her. Oh, okay. She's not... Well, well the worst, a worse threat to be on Coronation Street is I'm going to threaten you with Bailey. I'm gonna, you're going to be in a yeah. Bailey storyline. No, <laughs> I want to be in this one. It's more exciting. I want to be in a main story. Don't pick me with the Baileys, please. And this was another one where... Um, they go upstairs and they're talking and uh, he's harassing her and she says, you're going to be on CCTV following me. And he says, I didn't see any cameras. And then she gets her phone out. Um, and there were a lot of, like, you you were saying to me, oh, when you watch it again, make sure to see if there are any cameras. And then Al on uh, Facebook, I think, he he saw, like, one of a camera that was up in the foyer. Um, so there was a camera, but I didn't see it. But in the end, it didn't even matter. The script says there wasn't a camera, so there wasn't a camera. It was everybody. like everybody was so excited and setting up all these kind of exciting plot points, and she just booted him off the edge and ran <laughs> off. And that well, was what, it. What and happened? Went, she kind of gives him a bit of a shove, doesn't well, she? Well, she gets a phone out, they tussle, the phone goes over the balcony and smashes. Uh. And then they have this very heartfelt and lengthy discussion about their relationship. Lydia reveals that Adam cheated on her three times, broke her heart, and she had a, she had his baby. She was she was carrying his child. Yeah, she was and going he to said, um, if you have had any sense, she'd get rid of it. And so she had an abortion, and that was the last thing that he ever said to her. Um, she thought he says that she he thought that she was lying, and she wasn't actually going to have a baby. Um, and she's like, just own what you did, okay? And he's like, well, why? You know, we were just kids. We we're just messing around. So all the way through this, he doesn't <laughs> seem to like get what she's saying at all. 
she tells him how traumatic it was, the abortion, how it affected her life because she dropped out of university, she had bad relationships. When she finally got her life where it should be, she met him again and he did not even remember her. So all these, all these years she's been suffering from a brush with the great Adam Barlow and he just <laughs> totally forgot she existed. So this was her, uh, her reasoning behind the last few months, weeks, of harassment. It's been, it's been months, and she's um, been around did since. You, did Christmas you buy month, this yeah. story? <laughs> I think we talk about it at the end. Okay. But it just all just felt a bit dramatic, quick, didn't, didn't it? Yeah. So um, she insists that their relationship was more meaningful than he remembered, and he started to look regretful, and he apologizes. Lydia believes him, and then he starts talking about his dad, about how um, his mum raised him, um, and then suddenly Lydia remembers her fake son, Finn. <laughs> Who, in fact, does exist. Another <laughs> the biggest, plot point. <laughs> this that, is the biggest waste of a plot point. Literally, yeah. there is no reason for Finn to exist. He was a red herring throughout the whole of this. Was he meant to be a red herring? Or was I don't it just... know, but she could have just said, I, you know, it would have made more sense because I know that the ages weren't right and I think people no. worked that out. But she should have just said, I wanted to scare you, but you didn't even remember I was carrying a child. Yeah. She could have just said something like that and everyone would have gone, uh-huh. Instead of going, oh, what, so Finn is real? <laughs> even though he's not been in it for months. So she just remembers she's left him in a supermarket about three years ago. Tell you what, and I've probably made you this this joke to you before, but laugh as if I haven't. That's why he, he's called Finn, because he's a red herring. Get it? Finn. <laughs> her- Thanks. Okay, so... Um, <laughs> um, Lydia's like, oh, no, I've, I've left... Finn, I left Finn at the Christmas market. I hope he's, <laughs> hope he's not dead. He's, not, he's just uh, sozzled on he's mulled wine, there, isn't like, he? Yeah, going, no, I'll nearly finish this cask. I don't know what I'll do when I get to the bottom of it, but that's a problem for another day. Um, Adam tries to get her to confess t- to Sarah again, and this is when Lydia snaps. Then we cut to Daniel. He's phoning Sarah from the shopping centre. He says, Lydia and Adam were there. They were having a row. I'm worried about him. Above... Lydia starts to accuse Adam of not being sorry at all, just trying to get into Sarah's good books. Daniel can hear them muffled arguments from the bottom of the shopping centre. It kind of moves towards the sound. Adam accuses um, Lydia of just being out for revenge and she gives him a slap and tries to walk off. Then he grabs her, so she shoves him and he falls off the balcony right onto the coffee counter while Daniel's just wandering gormlessly past. (laughs) He lands on the floor and Daniel's like leaning over him, going, oh my God, oh no. And Lydia's like... Uh oh! <laughs> Looks over the balconies, and then she kind of like sneaks down the down the escalators and goes around Daniel, and then off. He doesn't even notice. He's trying to ring Sarah. Sarah's not answering because she's in a, she's in a huff. Um, da- uh, Adam gets taken to the hospital. There's a nurse there, and Daniel's like, "I know that he didn't jump." And the nurse is like, oh, I don't know, a lot of people in Quentin's, when they see the bill, they just jump off the balcony <laughs> onto the coffee counter. The guy that, that works there is getting fed up with it. It was weird because she was like, I'm very sceptical. Like, mm. what? how often do people commit, try to kill themselves by jumping off one story in a, in a shopping centre? I know, it's not the, not the best way, is it? The nurse is like, it was clearly a, call, a cry for help. Somebody's caffeine addicted. So anyway... Um, he thinks, he says, I think I know who did it. Who? Well. Oh, that's the end of out. Monday's episode. On Wednesday. 
<sighs> Daniel and Ken have been pacing around the hospital waiting room all night long. Yeah, they're all they're, 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 they do oh, that no. fadey round the room thing, oh, which we've already about. had at least once this year. I don't I'm like sure. that. A policeman comes in. Daniel loses his rag with him, and the cop says, "There's no proof. It was Lydia. They were in a CCTV blind spot." Handy, handy uh, for Lydia. So they didn't see them go up, and then <laughs> literally, then both leave. Lydia by sneaking down the escalator and Adam by falling from a height. Mm. And there were also no other customers at Duchy Douchy Douchy Street, was there? Because it's nearly closing time. It's all very convenient for so Lydia. He's got two fractured wrists. So how is he managing to flap about for the rest of the week? Oh, maybe it's ribs. <laughs> I think it's ribs because wrists would be quite significant, wouldn't it? <laughs> Flapping about indeed. <laughs> Yeah, he's got a broken radius, but he's got no permanent brain damage. How can you tell? They do have a bleed behind his eyes. So they're going to have to operate on him immediately. What is that? Well, like pop the eye out. Have a bit of a... Yeah, suck it out. Pop, pop the eye back, back in. in. Oh, wrong Good one. I keep, if, if, I, if I don't correct this, he's going to think he's left us his right for the rest <laughs> of his life. Um, Ken wants to go and see him. Adam's talking. He remembers talking to Lydia, following up to the balcony, then nothing. So they leave him there and Daniel lies and says that Sarah's on her way. Peter's finally get able to get hold of Sarah, who's been ignoring everybody. He tells her everything. She says, sorry, I don't care. He's not my problem anymore. Then at the factory, Carla tells Sarah that um, Adam obviously cares about, she obviously cares about him and she should be there for him. Besides, if Lydia did do this, then doesn't it mean that she could have been lying all along? And, you know, Carla's the I told you so of this of this story. Yeah. But well, she doesn't even get to, like, crow about it, does she? No, Nobody she, cares. She, no, she didn't after this. Sarah's just being massively stubborn about the whole thing. She just doesn't want... She just wants to save face, doesn't she? Sarah's doing that she could be sunk what? cost fallacy where she's like, nope, I definitely believe this to be true. Wait, Lydia could be, be give her a signed confession at this point, and Sarah be like, "Nope, he's a wrong one, Adam." I says, I'm, "I've made my bed. No, I, this is the, the what's this face? I'm the oh god, I don't even know." I I'm gonna make my that. I've made Maybe. my bed, and now I'm gonna lie in it. Yes, or something. Next, um, Daniel and Ken are told the operation has gone well. <laughs> so Ken's like, "Does he really say this?" I got to go relieve the circulation yes, in my buttocks. He absolutely did have to say he's got to relieve the circulation in his buttocks and have a nice bath. An ice bath or a nice a bath? A nice bath. Adam wakes up and a blurry Lydia is there and everyone's like, how exciting. But it's not really because she says, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I want to see if you're okay. I didn't mean to push you over. And um, he, she says, um, you, you know that you did this. Um, but I understand why <laughs> you felt the need. I'm thinking clearly now, and I didn't realise how upset you were about what a massive dong I had and that you'd never get to ride on it again. Um, sorry about that. And she Rude. says, um, I'm really, I was worried, I'm worried that I'm going to lose Finn. And Sarah shows up, Lydia does a runner. Sarah's, um... Yeah, Sarah, Sarah chases after Lydia, doesn't she? She goes into the waiting room with her and says, look, all this evidence that point, was pointing to you and Adam having an affair. And Lydia says, oh, I lied about all that. It's just a joke. <laughs> just having you on, just pulling your legs I was going to tell you on April Fool's Day, but <laughs> I just wanted to help you realise he's horrible before he hurt you the same way he hurt me. And, and Sarah realised that Adam never hurt her. You did. Lydia. Lydia says, Adam got me pregnant and then I had an abortion. The police show up. Sarah's dubbed her in. 
Sarah goes to see Adam in the hospital bed and tells him what's happened and she says, I'm very sorry I didn't believe you and Adam doesn't seem very happy about the fact that Lydia has been arrested. Um, he runs off somehow. He goes to the police station with his broken he's, wrist. He's been taking lessons from Abby, hasn't he? Yeah, just run off. Somebody goes to check in and he's gone. Gone. Um, he tells the police that Lydia did not push him. He fell and he manages to persuade them to let her go. Daniel can't understand why he's done this. And Lydia comes out and says, thanks very much. Let's just leave it at that. Even Stevens, you broke my heart. I broke your wrists. I'm leaving it at that. <laughs> Adam returns to the hospital. He's looking very pleased with himself. And Lydia's even withdrawn the complaint about him breaking into the flat because he didn't actually do it. He tells Sarah that Lydia was right about him. He really did treat her very badly when she was younger. And so was he. And Sarah says, that was a long time ago and I want to be with you. Uh, okay. <laughs> Friday, Adam like embarks on like what could actually have been a really rubbish 90s sitcom movie. I mean, a, a romantic comedy movie mm. where a man realises that he's been an asshole all of his life to women and, and goes through his like little black book um, uh, atoning for all the sins in his past and meeting up with his exes and learning about about that, them. That does sound a bit, and never mind Adam Barlow, that sounds like an Adam Sandler movie waiting, waiting to happen. It does, it? yeah, and Jennifer Aniston, his his last ex. <laughs> yeah. And they get together at the end and go and do hairdressing in Barbados or something. Mm. So um, he's going to take responsibility, apologise to all the women he left, um, in case he mentally scarred them. He was like acting like, you know, who knows, they could have been mentally ill or something. <laughs> like, Adam, you are handsome. They weren't all mental to go out with you. Yeah. Or blind. He just thinks that he's devastated all these women. He is devastatingly handsome. That's his problem. So he meets up with an ex later, explains what he... I bet he, bet he tried to get it done quickly by looking up an Adam Barlow support group in the... Uh, <laughs> yeah, Adam Barlow's yeah. ex's support group online. He's like, yeah. oh, there is isn't one. Go. I've got to go, go individually. Um, so he get, she's, she's like, oh, I'm so glad that you want to make it up to me. Let's go to lunch. So he makes she makes him pay for a very expensive fillet steak and wine. And then she's like, You loser, you big head, I don't care, I didn't think about you twice since we since it happened. And she says, See you let see you around, loser, <laughs> leaves him with the bill. And then Adam goes back to Sarah and is like, Well, I guess not everybody <laughs> not everybody's a maniac like Lydia. And I mean, she's like, Yeah, I know. Presumably everybody else on his list is also fine about the fact that he's uh he, he but he's done it the wrong way round, you see. He should have gone to the oldest first because Lydia's had years to like really get resentful, whereas this woman's had like a few weeks. Mm. I can't remember who that woman is. I don't know whether she was on the show before. She may well have been. I might have forgotten. I don't but... know if she's... There was one he was chatting up the other day and he said Sarah was dead. Where, where's she? Oh, yeah, that's true. You should apologise to her. Yeah, I've forgotten about that. It was just kind of like a really funny mini mini. It was just a little, it was it was a little epilogue, wasn't it? It yeah. was a bit of... Um, a filler bit on today's episode. It wasn't <laughs> particularly necessary in the slightest, but I, I won't, you know, I'm not, I don't bear a grudge. It was about a bit it. like the writers were like, we have to have a moral of the story. And then they thought of one and they're like, this is a bit of crap, actually. Yeah. Let's just make it a joke. It, it was just a little bit of a, it, it definitely, definitely, the whole thing seemed like it came to a standstill very, very quickly, didn't it? It was like a big story, big-ish story in the last few weeks. And then Adam goes over the edge and there you go, that's the end of that. Which probably do do sometimes, don't they? Yeah. I, I was saying to you the other day, it was a bit like when, um, when you know, when Sally was in prison and the guy, what was his name? Uh, Duncan um, was, yeah. was, was, was got hit by a van and then two episodes later, Sally was out of prison and that was that. I think Coronation Street 
yeah, they, they, they're just not so good always. Sometimes they are, but they're not always so good at giving the, the finales enough time to, to play out. I was not expecting the storyline to be over by midway through this week. But, you know, I thought the stunt was, it was okay. It was quite fun. Um, I mean, there have been better stunts on Coronation Street. It was no feeling falling into the ocean, I'll give you that. But it was It was right. very exciting. It was a nice, like, you know, wow, early, early week. Yeah, it was uh, for a Monday night. Yeah. Yeah, even if it was Friday and they'd done that, I might have expected a little bit more. But yeah, Monday night stunt, it was all right. Land surrounded in beans. Should have had a should have had the chickens pecking around there it was as well. Coffee beans though, not baked beans. That would have been weird having a coffee shop. Coffee shop beans, yeah. It was it was fine. I think it was it a was bit exciting, but I did the, the, I... with the with the type of shove that she gave him. I don't think he really would go over. I think he was just think... kind of like, oh, I can I can sue her for this if I just. Chuck just myself, myself over a little bit. I'm sure I'll be okay. There's a there's a coffee uh, cart with a nice canopy on top down there. If I land right, maybe it'll give me a nice cushioned landing. Yeah. Um. I. The whole thing. It really kind of felt annoying to me that um they set up the possibility of like Lydia being brought to justice because of her own like evilness because mm. that's what we really want in a story right when somebody is um somebody's being nefarious we kind of want them to be brought to justice because of a mistake that they make or somebody outwitting them or something yeah but lydia just going yeah all right it was me and then i'm being like you know what i forgive you it was a bit like what where's yeah. that come from and the th you can tell that the the, the viewers weren't prepared for it to go this way and it's not a good twist it's actually a cop-out because everyone was going, oh, see, where's the CCTV? Or what about this guy, you know? Mm. Everybody was looking for how Lydia could have been caught yeah, out Yeah, how she, how's she going to... But know, the whole thing was just her like, next. oh, sorry, it's gone too far now. And then and then also Adam being like, yeah, I, I agree. It was proportional, a proportional um, response to me being a bit, being a dickhead when I was at university. Like, no, Lydia needs to learn coping mechanisms because this is not the first or the last time in her life that somebody's going to let her down mm. or break her heart. Yeah, exactly. Um, I just don't know whether I would have preferred for her to have just been a bit nuts rather than well, for, to a, try and... she's kind of a bit nuts. ...elicit sympathy for her. Why, it does, why it, yeah, she, it, was, why... it was an uncomfortable compromise between... This is the reason why, and I probably also have some kind of mental condition. But they they're too poorly scared to go down that route because they're trying to be more sensitive about people with issues like that. But sometimes people just have weird personality disorders, or I mean, yeah, and and I, I wouldn't say that she's necessarily cured from whatever it is yeah, after this. Um, this so she's reaction, just gone off into the world now. What's she going to do when Finn grows up and gets a girlfriend? She's going to be the mother-in-law from hell. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I just think that there's probably more to say from Lydia, <laughs> more to tell about her. I can't say I'm necessarily you know, chomping up the bits to, to hear it, but in the end, I, I did quite like her as a character. I thought that, um, that Rebecca did a good job throughout. I thought that she was quite an engaging character. She was just kind of put in a story that didn't quite really manage to It didn't to have get... any teeth. No, not quite. She was, she... It was partly because it was Sarah and Adam. That That's... I just felt like they they chickened out. Honestly, I think they went. Oh, we don't want to stigmatize. We don't want to like to put a label on this. We don't like. We can't like the barmy women 
being scorned and like burning down the world to get back at a man is not a new trope in fiction. No. And it might be very well be a misogynistic trope, but you started it with the storyline. So you can't just cop out of it by going, and in the end, <laughs> they both agreed they might have overreacted a bit. <laughs> it would have been like if they'd have ended the feeling storyline by him saying, all right, everybody, it was me. I killed them all, but I'm really sorry about this. And they it's go, it's all right, Circumstances Pat. got beyond my it's control, right. Let's okay? just shake hands and we'll say, we'll say let bygones be bygones. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it, it was... I, I'm, I'm glad it's over. Um, it's another one of these stories that's kind of felt big for a bit and then was just cut dead, like the Joseph story. Yeah. It was like, that was feeling fairly big. And then the Portugal stuff happened, done. The Tim Hart operation. Yeah. Leading up to something. Or is he going to die? Yeah, done. Now he's, not, now he's not in it again for however many weeks. Um, well, he's back again this week, isn't he? But yeah, it was it was, it was was a funny one. Um, I wonder, what would you like to, if Lydia had been the one that had gone over the balcony? I just really felt like, yeah, it was a big lead up to a kind of toothless finale. Mm. I, I think mean, we Lid- did get stunt. We did see Adam get pushed over and stuff. But I think if Lydia had gone over the balcony, like by accident, um, you know, maybe they could have had her in the hospital bed learning a lesson. You, or, or, or maybe she would have. How about this? Right. They had the argument. Adam, like. They have a tussle and then and then she jumps, right, to, to to get him in trouble. She's like, no one's ever going to believe you didn't do this. And then she jumps over the, the edge, yeah? yeah that, well, that fits in with her being a bit unstable. Yeah. And then Adam's there looking over the balcony and then the suspicious waiter's like, it was him. Then he gets arrested, okay? Then Lydia gets rushed to the hospital and then Sarah goes, oh my God, who's looking after Finn? Then she goes to the flat to help to, to find this kid and realises there is no kid and finds Lydia's evil den of pictures of Adam with like his eyes stabbed out and like a list of like how to get Adam back, number one, da 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 da. And then she finds all the evidence and then Lydia gets arrested in a hospital bed with two broken wrists. That would have been good. I'd have liked that. Yeah, but as it was, we just had um, an empty shopping centre, Daniel conveniently turning up at the right time. I do was Adam, that... uh, this is the most that... Adam's cared about anybody for years. What? Oh, I'm going to go and investigate to see if Adam's all right. Oh, Daniel, more than yeah. he's cared about anyone. Oh, what did I say? Yeah, well, I mean, I suppose Daniel does know all about pushing Barlow's from places, so he's the right he's guy like, to have If you've got a scene. Barlow anywhere near Heights during an argument, I just, I think I might push him. I better go and see <laughs> if I can push him over the edge. And then he gets there and he's already been pushed. Mm. Did, Adam was, uh, Daniel was gutted. Did the storyline benefit from Daniel being there? Could the coffee man not have had his moment of glory where he's like, oh, hello, you're all right, mister. <laughs> the contact list didn't go through. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose Daniel needed to be there so that Sarah could find out. I don't know, it just felt a bit convenient. She didn't even anyway, find out but... to the next day. No, no, that's true. He needed to be there so he could tell the nurse that he, he, Adam definitely didn't try to take his life by jumping off a very small balcony. Mm. I wish that I wish that while they were at the hospital, they could have, um, you know, had a bit of a run in with Imran and Abby and Toya in that because I don't know what they've been doing this week, but clearly nothing dramatic. Patting we haven't, a small haven't baby. seen hide nor hair of them, have we? I hope mm-hmm. it's not too long before they're back on our screens again because I was very much enjoying that story. And also, where was Aggie there to to nurse his wounds? She's the she's the one know. one hospital nurse. She should have come in going, there. I'm the person who fixes wrists. I yeah. heard you got two broken wrists. The wrist nurse. Um, so Sarah and Adam back together 
<laughs> Hooray. Sarah's been such a, you know, she's she's been not the best wife during all of this. She's been very, um, she's been quite heartless. When she was even, when she heard that Daniel, uh, that Adam had gone over the balcony, she was yeah. like, not my problem. I yeah, think not that, my circus, not my monkeys. <laughs> I think that maybe she would have cared or she should have cared a little bit. I really think that there would be some kind of fallout or consequences or like lingering weird feelings between the pair of them because Adam's like, oh, good, now you believe me. He didn't say... I can't believe you believe this psychopath. And she was not apologetic or anything. No, and she's she didn't, got away she with didn't it. She didn't go like, you know, it's making me paranoid because how much of it was actually true? Was there any grain of truth to this at all? Mm. She's just like, well, I guess, <laughs> I guess that. All's well that ends well. We're back together at the end. And, and we've all learned a lesson. And do you think Adam has learned a lesson? Will he be able to keep it in his pants now? No, because now? at the end of it, he, he didn't learn anything. This He's is got the away thing. with it. The epilogue undermined the entire story because um, the, the next woman is like, I don't give a crap. It was a nice night, whatever. And he's I don't thinking, think oh, this is all right. He's like, oh, again. Lydia was crazy. <laughs> oh, well. Um, I, I wonder whether we, uh, Adam and Sarah, are going to kind of disappear into into the ether now on Coronation Hopefully. Street. <laughs> no offense. I mean, I kind of, I might not forget that they're married if, after this point. If, if the yeah, storyline has done one thing, thing, it's reminded us that they're actually yep. a couple. But yeah, it does. It does. I guess get a sneaking suspicion that we're never going to see them again together for the next, you know, six they're months gonna, or so. We're not going to see them again together until the next time they nearly break up. Yeah, that's it. That's exactly it. <sighs> Um, but anyway, uh, poor Adam, poor Adam. He's been in the wars a bit these last few years, hasn't he? First he gets clonked on the head in the bistro and then, what is it, about 14 months later he's fallen over a balcony. He, he needs a bit of a rest. He's, he's been through the ringer a little bit. So um, that's kind of it. It, it was an all right story. Um, and I thought, yeah, nice to have a bit of a stunt. Now, sick Neyland stuff first. And actually, Gemma, it does mean that you get to do the exciting bit of the Rick Neyland story. Because I'm doing the okay. isn't Laura poorly bit. So this Poor Laura. Poor, oh, yeah, I'm getting you know more. What? I'm more, enjoying Laura more and more. It really does make you like someone more when they start to die horribly. Yeah, and have, have a bit of a, a, a tragedy and a bit of a confession made. And I'll tell you what, her range of chemo loungewear is very cosy looking. <laughs> I want some of that. Almost makes you want to, you know, no. just get a little bit of... No. No. Monday. So, you took it too far. Sorry. You, you, were, get, you were leading no. me towards it. No. Right, this is interesting because it's the first time that if in, like, years I've ever read your podcast notes, I think. So I'll see, I'll see how well I can get on with this. So, Laura's private detective bloke, so not You're Lenny. dying for me to have made a mistake, aren't you? You're dying Oh, for yeah. Us. Just like whenever Gemma picks apart any spelling yeah. mistakes or whatever in You're my gonna notes, be like, I'm going to oh, see what she's done. Excuse me. So, Laura doesn't have Lenny as her private detective anymore, does she? She's got this ex-cop, which is a bit of a shame, so I, I quite enjoy having Lenny back with that little cameo the other week but anyway he's got some pretty difficult questions for Gary saying well I've been doing some 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 snooping and I found out that um you've been very very generous with giving large sums of money out recently where'd you get that from hmm and um basically the the theme of this week for Gary is the walls are most definitely closing in on him Laura wants some money for Kelly and the PI says right Gary you need to tell me more about what happened between you and Rick 
and and Gary's been like, oh, I can't can't really remember. Um, he's just been totally vague about the whole thing. Um, so the PR's like, fine, I'm gonna have a, have a think. I'm gonna come back on Wednesday's episode. Maria, meanwhile, um, f- um, finds uh, breaks not breaks the news, reveals the news. Um, tells. Laura, that Kelly has been shortlisted for an award. What award could that be, Gemma? Most um, redeemed character. By the Feel Good Samaritans Award. Uh, most, um, you Beautiful know, the, the, the St. Gabriel Award for the most angelic character on Coronation Street. No, she's got a young stylist award because she's cut Stu's hair at least two times at this point. So um, if that doesn't deserve a saying massive for the mantelpiece, and I don't know what does. So Kelly comes in. She says, I don't want my dad's blood money. And Laura says, uh, she kind of teases her for a little bit. And um, Maria says, oh, no, you need to have more faith faith in yourself. It's, 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 you know, you're, you're a great lad, Kelly. Um, Laura is starting to look uneasy with the fact that she has been a bit of a bad mother all this time compared to Maria, who's doing an awesome job at guardianship. So Laura's in the Rovers later, and there's some great scenes there. Oh, I enjoyed great. these. She's popping pills. She's drinking wine. Bernie is there over the other side of the... <laughs> this is the bizarrest scene, isn't it? Bernie, Bernie's quirk for this episode was that she can um, guess what medication you're taking. Yeah, I, this is yeah. That's the, she should. I mean, that, Who that, else has got a weird quirk where they can know everything about? Well, it's it's, it's, it's an Archie Shuttleworth, it. isn't it? Mm, yeah. But I thought, hey, I'm not wrong. And then Bernie Bernie's can, like, oh, diazepam, I'm not wrong. That's all, that she can. But Archie can tell how tall the corpse is, and Bernie can say what they OD'd on. Yeah, I think that they need to um they need to try and keep this up for Bernie. Give her a little bit more spice to a character. Give her a little uh. Yeah, and a little more... Literally spice when her. you're sniffing, very suspiciously. Maybe. Anyway, she's guessing what what um what Laura's having and uh, while, while, while Sean is watching on. Uh, and she she reveals that it's Zodamine, um, which is... Which is, this is a very powerful painkiller. Very powerful painkiller. Like, oh, and Bernie's oh, like, oh, hang on a minute, that's not fun. Yeah, you not don't have that with your booze. And, and uh, you've got a lot to live for. Look at your beautiful daughter, isn't she wonderful? I don't know how much everybody knows about Laura and how, what's wrong with her. Well, and she's not really she's been dying. in anyone else's story, has but, she? She's she, uh, In a real street, nobody would have a clue who she was or any of her secret details. No, no, it doesn't make sense that anybody would know, but it's not like a secret. But um, Bernie doesn't seem to need any explanation. Uh, you know, Laura doesn't tell her, oh, I'm going to die soon or I anything. Think, I think Laura, kind of becomes... Bernie saw it in her crystals, didn't she? Oh, yeah, probably. She feels, feels it in her waters. Yeah, yeah. Laura gets all maudlin about how she's done for a... Well, how little she's done for a child over the years. And all these Gary and Maria, they've done more in, you know, 17 weeks than she's done in 17 years and so on. So she's again utterly sloshed. Bernie tries to get her drink water because she's polishing off this wine like nobody's business. And she says, oh, Bernie, I've been a terrible parent. And Bernie says, don't worry, love, time's a great healer. I was a bad parent too, but look, Gemini and Apollo love me now. And uh, Laura says... Laura does make fun of the name. She does, doesn't she? And she says, well, time's a great healer, but that's one thing I haven't got, unfortunately, because didn't you know I'm dying of cancer? Gary later on sees Laura staggering about the street, helps her get home and realises that she's been boozing it up in the pub. Kelly comes home later. That was quite a nice sweet scene between those two. It was, it was. Um, Kelly, does does she get a bit like, a bit, a bit lusty with Gary? No, she's like, you'd be all right, you know, if you weren't. 
Ginger. Gary. <laughs> um, Kelly comes home later, a bit concerned about mum. Gary covers for her, says, oh, look, she was just getting worn out. She went to get a prescription. She's she's not she's not drunk or anything, honestly. And Kelly says, I'm going to give you a little bit of a makeover to cheer you up. So that's the end of Monday's episode. Wednesday, good notes, Gemma. Thanks. Wednesday, Kelly's worrying because Laura seems to have taken a bit of a turn for the worse. What's actually happening here is she's got a massive hangover after a Monday night <laughs> bender. And uh, she's like saying, no, no, I don't, don't need to see a doctor. It's fine. Um, um, yeah, Maria is pretty sure it's related to all the boozing yesterday. So she calls up Aggie. Aggie tells Laura, probably not the best idea to go boozing when you're on the medication. But Laura says, I don't care. You tell me what you want. Well, this is what I, I think. I'll do what I want. If, I, if I'm ever in this position, I'm, I'm, I've got a list of things. I'm like, I'm going to try cocaine. What? No, Why not? not. What, what's the worst that can happen? Um... Like, you could get arrested like Laura did it. And then I'll just be like, whoa, joke's on you now. You've got to make me soup, policeman. (laughs) It's probably do a better job than me, to be honest. Yeah. Finally, someone's going to make my dinner for me. (laughs) (laughs) Then she starts getting more in again over what terrible mum she's been. Maria says, look, there is still time for you to make an effort here. Your life's not over yet. You could make a difference to Kelly's life. So Aggie sees Kelly in the cafe later and says, look, it's, I need to tell you, mum's been mixing booze with drugs. She's a bloody little She's a total snitch, isn't she? Well, she, get, she goes around telling everybody everything. Yeah, yeah. Such a do-gooder, that Aggie. No wonder she got the Golden Heart Award. Golden Snitch. <laughs> Golden Snitch Award, yeah. it should have been called. Kelly is absolutely fuming to hear this. <laughs> so she storms back home, has a massive go at Laura, telling her, look, you, I do not, you don't even deserve me because I am the street's most beautiful angelic character ever i want you out yeah laura argues back they start having a go at each other gary has to come between them and kind of extract kelly from the flat so that things can calm down um in the cafe later bernie says look ah kelly you should maybe take it easy on laura she is dying and everything so gary takes her back home laura's having a bit of a cry she's like oh kelly i'm so sorry kelly says all right ma'am you can stay i suppose so when kelly goes into the bedroom laura starts crying again and says gary look i just want kelly to be okay when i'm gone can you kind of be an unofficial guardian to her and i says look i will always look after her so um that's 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 it um because i've just realized i've put another note somewhere where it shouldn't have been so we're going to need to remember to say that later on um that's kind of the the laura's ill bit of the story i know it does come back again um in the next bit but because my notes are all a bit jumbled i'm going to pass to you Gemma, yeah. to tell me the exciting news of maria's election on Monday, oh man, this isn't a good, exciting tip. You tricked me. <laughs> it gets there, it gets there. Just because, come on, Kirk's in it. Everybody loves Kirk, right? <sighs> no. He's funny. No, Kirk, there's a few people who are rapidly going downhill. Kirk has been there for a while. Craig's going that way and Simon's been circling the drain for a while. These are all quite annoying because I liked all these characters before. They have all had their time in the sun and this is not it. So on Monday, Maria meets Kirk in the bistro. He's wearing the Buzz the Bee outfit. <laughs> For some reason, despite this, Phil comes in and says, let's have a secret meeting. So I don't understand why he thinks he can have a secret meeting with a man covered in fun fur, but he does. <laughs> Phil gives Maria 
a folder of paper and tells her this is the smoking gun she needs. Why was there not some stupid comment from Kirk going, oh, I hope that's not really a smoking gun because you could burn the whole place down with that. <laughs> also, I'm flammable. <laughs> so... Um, the report is from the council, and it states the new development. Report. This is really funny. Like the, <laughs> the report, Gemma. This this is did like. Did Phil find it under his his pillow? Yeah, he did. This report is like, well, this is going to be terrible <laughs> news for everybody, and everyone will die because of the pollution. And Phil tells them. Yeah, this is about the about the bypass, isn't it? Saying that um, the the council know it's not very good for planet Earth. But yeah. We're going to build the bypass yeah. anyway. Mwah. Money. Money, please. So Phil says councilman Bernard Barnes knew about this. This is this is Maria's um, rival. Rival, that's right, yeah. Um, he's got an interview here with the Gazette in half an hour. And um, Maria's like, I'm going to use this information to win the campaign. So she walks in on the, the interview later, drops the bombshell to Chris, the journalist. And the council's like, huh. Uh, oh, that's a load of rubbish. Um, but then he has to leave in a half. Chris is very excited. She's going to put it in an article online. Maria's very confident. Phil comes in, sees Maria. She thanks him. Bernard comes in and um, he's left his coat. And he says, well, it was a bit early to celebrate. Fizz, for some reason, thinks she's t- he's talking to her and says, oh, we are celebrating because we've exchanged contracts and we're going to move ne- and complete next week. And, um, oh, good. I'd forgotten about this. So the Fizz story's coming back next week. I've missed them. Bernard recognises Phil and says, you know what? Those sources won't stay anonymous for long. And Maria says, oh, well, I better tell her then. I'll t- I'll let her know. And Bernard's like, well, what? And then he walks out and Maria is pleased, but Phil looks worried. Because um, if he gets fired, how can he buy this house? Yes, that's very true. Because exchange... Oh, the thing is, though, that's going to happen, isn't it? Once you've exchanged contracts, isn't it very difficult to back out of it? You can't really back out of it once you've exchanged contracts. Well, no. you'd have to pay. You have to pay like a penalty, don't you? Yeah. Like your deposit becomes Uh-oh. snatched. Uh oh. So on Wednesday, the community centre is open for polling. Maria's feeling nervous. She thanks Phil for all of his help. Um, when she and when he and Fizz come to vote. Maria's doing a little um, umbrella photo shoot, isn't she? Yeah. Um, later, Phil admits to Maria that he's been called into a meeting with his boss and his union rep. Kurt comes over because he's been banned from being Buzz of the Bee. Whoever did that, somebody buy them a drink from me, please. I'll pay you back. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. No more Buzz of the Bee. <laughs> yeah. Later on, Maria... Who could be the next Buzz of the Bee? Wait, who's, the, who's another... Who's another gormless... Idiot. Craig. <laughs> he can be the next buzz of the bee. He totally could. He could imagine Madden Craig being a little bumblebee. A little bumblebee. <laughs> He'd be the queen bee. Later on, Maria's been reading about how the voting seems to be doing. Uh, it looks like his her opponent's getting quite a turnout. She's on the cusp of giving up. After all this trouble that she's caused poor Phil and Kirk. I was getting quite hopeful at this point. thinking, what, Oh, oh good, Maria's not going to be elected. Yeah. Phil and Kirk find her moping at the pub later. The press polls may be looking bad, but good news. The council have decided to move the bypass and Weatherfield County is moving to hooray for everything. So She's th- literally saved the planet with her campaign. Well done, Maria. So Maria's like, guess what, Gary? They're moving. <laughs> They're moving the location of the Weatherfield County 
um, uh, football ground, ground yeah. to the Rick Nealon Burial Memorial Gardens. <laughs> and Gary's like, what? Are you sure? She's like, yeah, why? And he's like, that's only where I buried him. Oh, no. Yes. There is the twist. And Wednesday night twist. And, and uh, when they started, uh, she started saying this, they've moved it. Me and you both looked at each other and were like, oh, I think we know where this is going. Um, and I also, I love this as well. Like how fast these people are so eager to build this Weatherfield County training ground that literally the day of I know. the election, they're like, come on, lads, we're going to dig the foundations. These people got to... to Practice somewhere. Yeah, well, it was quite fast, wasn't it? Wednesday, it comes it comes out that they can't build it in the old place. Friday, they've already put up the... Uh... They've put up all the boards. They've got security guard. They've got diggers in. Yeah. Um, I think with Weatherfield County, you need all the practice they can get, to be honest, all the training they can get. Yeah. On Friday, Gary returns from a late night of shiftiness because he's been checking out the area and there are work equipment there already, he tells Maria, but he's going to sort it. So he goes back, tries to dig up the body... Um, he's got a mate with a boat who's going to give him a burial at sea. Yeah, this is, this is what he says he's going to do, isn't he? He's, he? He goes along there with a shovel later, doesn't he? But he's, he's got a plan, don't worry. He's, he's, going to, he's got his mate Dexter who's going to take yep. him out to the ocean and dump it. I think that this was a bit of a risky move, wasn't it, to recruit <laughs> somebody? Well, yeah, but don't worry, the mate doesn't exist. I don't... <laughs> He's just there for the story that Gary's got. Oh, okay. I don't think it's we're all fictional, what do you to... think? Gary doesn't have any mates. Gary doesn't have friends, no. Um, Kurt comes and drags Maria away to the vote count at the town hall. The PI that Laura has hired to find Rick, who's dead, remember? <laughs> He's hit a brick wall and he reckons he reckons Rick's dead. And uh, he tells, her, tells Laura, like, after this certain date, which is probably significant, but I wasn't listening... Um, there's no sign of him. I think he's dead. Oh, no, he, just, he said he's so, not, like August 2019. He's I like, think. he's not that yes, good. The storyline has been going on for that no long. No one's that good that they can just completely disappear. Oh, what about that Daniels. man? What about that man who's supposed to have died in a canoe? He was living in the attic. What about that? What about Carol Baskin's husband? Yeah, where's where's Don? <laughs> yeah, I think that Car- I think that Don and Rick Nealon are living up in Costa Rica somewhere. Probably, yeah. <laughs> it's gonna be the, the twist at the end of this. Gary pulls up, um, pulls up at the field with his van. He's got his black hoodie and he's looking well dodge. Um, we also cut to the PI telling Laura it's all looking very suspicious, and the last person to have any contact with Rick. Was Gary? Oh yeah, because they have they have their PI bloke doing a little voiceover while Gary's while Gary's there Being with nefarious. getting the spade out and stuff. Oh, yeah. Gary gets caught trying to scale a wall. I mean, he goes up to the like the entrance and he starts climbing up the side of the wall in broad daylight. And the security guard comes over and he goes, "Are you are you joking?" I know. I like this is feeble. He's, he's got his black hoodie on to try and do it under cover of darkness, but no, just broad daylight. Yeah. It is a bit of a bit of a pathetic attempt, really, Gary. Sorry. Um. So. He says that he's a. He says, "Oh, I'm a county fan, and I want to see." I want the to place. look, and he's like, no, "I hear that they started this literally overnight. Is it finished yet?" Yeah, nobody who plays for the county are here. So, um, and, and he also says the whole place is surrounded by CCTV, and if you get caught, you're in trouble. So, so don't even try it. Mate. Don't even try it. Gary gets someone back to the flat by Laura, and she starts. Um, she just basically says, "We we reckon Rick is dead, and that you've done it." And Gary's I like, think no. that they should enlist uh, Leo to do a bit of underground digging, and he could come out from underneath. Yeah, that's what I'd do. Yeah. Um, that Leo, what's going on with Leo and Jenny at the moment? Is he still in it? I don't know. I can only hope not. But um, uh, 
she's she's like i'm not gonna let this go i i i'm not gonna stop i I want the truth i can see you're hiding something and she starts crying begging for the truth and he says you want the truth i killed him what a confession this was great i tell you what um, Laura just goes from strength to strength, strength as a character. I think she's absolutely. I never... Finally, as as she's you know, shuffling off this mortal yeah. coil, they they made her. A, a, this is the best that Laura's ever been. I, I can't say that I've ever like not enjoyed her. Um, but I, she's she's been she's fairly unremarkable. Well, she she's been deliberately an unlikable character for quite a lot of the time. Yeah, and, and a very minor character for most of the time. I mean. I think it's fair to say that tonight was Laura's biggest ever episode on yeah. Coronation Street. And the actress, Karen Allen. Yeah, she is showing such range and yeah, depth. Yeah, she is. She's that, so she's, fantastic. She's not really been given the opportunity to do up to this point. Yeah, I'm so pleased that she's been given this role because she's absolutely fantastic at it. Um, she's she's just coming to terms with all of this. She's like, I trusted you as Kelly's guardian, but you're no, you're worse than than Rick. No, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna make sure that you can never do any more harm. I'm gonna tell the police. And he says, "Listen, it was self defence, and and also, um, it wasn't it was it wasn't me that I was defending. It was my family because he was threatening my family and my kids and stuff." So I'm trying to remember back to when this happened because this was like Britain's Got Talent Week 2019, wasn't it? When the Platts were all um, shooting Lorraine Kelly in the ass, and <laughs> uh, and Rick Nealon had lured. Gary to the woods, but he made out that Sarah was there, didn't he, or something? There was a there was a whole thing with a watch. Remember that? Yeah, something. Yeah, um, and and so he just jumps Gary, and Gary clocks him round the head with a stone, doesn't he? Yeah, is basically what happened. Well, she says, yeah, of course he threatened your family. That's why you don't get involved in people like that. And Gary's desperately trying to justify everything he did, and he's like, oh, I hate myself, blah 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 blah. Um, and then Laura's like, look. I need Rick to be declared dead because Kelly then can get the money. And Gary says, well, he's going to be found any day now. I need to speak to Maria before you go to the police. And she agrees. Um, then we get Kelly talking to Simon. Yeah, they're in uh, Victoria Gardens. About, oh, yeah. It's going, oh, my mum. Oh, um, I don't know what to do without Gary and Maria. Um, but uh, and uh, Laura's listening to she, this. She's she's saying, "Oh, I, I, I've never felt closer to my mum." Oh, oh, Abby, Abby. just twisted tw- tw- the microphone over. Sorry if that clocked in your ears, everyone. Yeah, she he, he's saying, "Oh, oh, oh," she's saying, "Oh, my mum." I, I know I've sweet bad about her, but you know these last you know. I've grown really close to her, and yeah. but, but I couldn't and live I, without Gary and, and Maria. Yeah, and Laura's there listening in, Uh-oh. having a bit of a snoop, going, "I must make the ultimate sacrifice now." Gary goes to the bistro, tells Maria everything. She can't believe it. Um, he tells her the gigs up. They're gonna have to. They're gonna find the body. He's gonna be banged up. Um, I'll tell them. He says I'll tell, tell them that you didn't know anything about it. There's nothing we can do about it. One way or another, it's finally over. He's kind of relieved in a way because he's been worried about it probably all this time. Yeah. So um, Kelly then finds them in the bistro, and she's like, "Oh, guess what." I did the awards panel for the for the award thing and it's gone really well. And I was like, oh no, I'm not nervous. But then I they liked were like... Her, I liked her puffy sleeves yeah. that she was wearing in this scene. Very nice. I was like, but I've only ever cut uh, two, uh, two people's hair and it was the same person. And they were like, oh, it doesn't even matter. This is all a load of bricks. And I was like, oh, brilliant. Gemma, you just said a rude word on the podcast. It is, and then And then she goes, let's go home. Let's have a drink at home and celebrate. When they get back, though, the police are outside and Gary mm. and Maria are like, looking at each other like, whoa, oh. Are we in trouble here? 
Yes, but but no, they're not. Because, because actually, out from the flats mm-hmm. comes Laura in tears in handcuffs. And she's stopping her heart out, isn't she? Mm. Um, because And the police, the, the, Kelly's like, oh no, what's going on? And the policeman's like, yeah, mum's been arrested for the murder of Rick Nealon. On suspicion. On suspicion. She might have said she did it. but Yeah, so what a twist, Gemma. Not not the twist that you saw coming as well, because um, yeah. you thought that you just before they went back to the flat, you thought, oh, is she gonna? Are they gonna go back and she's dead or something? Yeah, did yeah. You, what I did really, you think? I really think that thought she... that she was gonna, she's gonna be dead like gracefully on the sofa or something. Do you think then... that she would have, you know, overdosed, kind of dead, or just, just succumbed to cancer? Ill. Very coincidentally, I didn't. But know... this is a way better twist than that, isn't it? Because it solves all of Gary's problems in one fell swoop. It does, but I don't know whether that makes it a good twist because I really, really don't need Gary to get away with this. I kind of like this when Coronation Street's done this too much in this story though, they, haven't they, where Gary's confessed to somebody about, about something and then he just gets away with it. Yeah, I mean, Sarah Louise knows, uh, Maria knows, Laura now knows. Um, I think that's probably it. But uh, uh, So I'm wondering, this, this is the thing that I think Sarah may be involved in and if she's not then they're kind of missing a trick here because Laura's going to be, you know, on the papers and everything and Sarah will surely see this and say to Gary, what's going on here then? I don't know kind of what that could particularly add to it, but if Maria is also having to keep it quiet... The thing is, is Sarah can't do anything about it because he's got her over a barrel because he knows what she did to Callum (laughs) and the fact that she helped um, covering up his murder. So it's it's all a bit of a stalemate situation, isn't it? But I, as I thought, Sarah, Sarah Lou, Sarah Lou, Um, yeah, she. (laughs) Sorry, I've just been been looking for a pen for the past two minutes, so I needed to write a timestamp down. I just noticed that Gemma had it in her hair, so I I just gracefully extracted it. No, I thought, oh, he's he's touching my hair. That's really sweet and romantic. But no, you're just taking my pen out of my bun. Yeah. Uh, anyway, no. Um, so, yeah, I, I just don't need Gary to get away with this. His time is up. I I don't want him to be another Tracy here. And yes, he did it in self-defence. I totally get that. But Rana wasn't self-defence, was it? And I'm starting to... He didn't really to... kill Rana. He did really kill Rana. Right, can we have a recap? Gary was in charge of the factory roof, wasn't he? Which he... Um... Oh, I can't even remember See, exactly. Now. Nobody even remembers. No, the Coronation Street mustn't let me forget. He dropped a roof on factory on, on Rana's head. Are you accusing he, him of Dorothy? He'd made, he'd made some dodgy roofing when... Um, I can't remember why, but he did. And that was why the roof collapsed on Rana. See, he can't, he fall, can't get away with like it. Cards. He can't get away with it. No one cares about that anymore. Mm, I know, but they need to make it. I mean, I, I don't know whether Mikey wants to leave or whether this is a long-term decision to, to get Mikey North to leave the show or whatever, but he gets away with it. No, I, I'm not having it. I'm not having it. But it's all quite, it's all very exciting with um with the election going on and uh, this is going to not look so good for Maria, is it? That, you know, the day that she's elected, her house guest is, confesses to murder she, but the thing is, though, she's going to get away with this, whereas Sally didn't get away with, like, being framed for fraud. Yeah, that's true. They're a fickle bunch, the Weatherfieldians, aren't they? But don't they? forget that Maria needs to save the planet. 
I suppose so, yeah. And it's a more important thing than, you know, and also I'm just going to say this, probably controversial, okay? But if you want to solve the problem of pollution, you can do it by leading men or women one by one into the woods and smashing their heads in with rocks. Because the fewer humans on the planet, the less pollution. Oh, yeah, that's a good point, good point. That's my plan for solving the problem of pollution. <laughs> so, um, when Gary confessed to Laura today, were you, uh, did I, I was catch like, you off guard? That's why I was like, oh, she's going to die. He's going to kill her. I thought, honestly, I was like, up, oh, pillow in the face for Laura. She's <laughs> not going to last very long. <laughs> oh, it's the cancer. Oh, she died of pillow cancer. Mm. No, I thought I thought that was great. And uh, and her, her performances, like you said, Kel, Kel and Mikey's performance actually uh, this evening were, were really, really good. Oh, it was so good. Oh, when she was, honestly, it's perfect. It was so good. Just Laura in fits of tears, just saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, um, being led into the car. And you can tell she's crying because she didn't do it, number one. Number two, she's having to sacrifice herself because she's been a terrible mother. She's, she, exactly. She's doing it as a final act to protect her daughter because probably... she thinks that Kelly's going to be better off yeah. with this murderer. Yeah, no. <laughs> and his wife. Um, and she's also probably thinking to herself, this is not going to be fun for me because I'm going to die in prison. Mm, mm. The thing that I'm wondering, though, is... <sighs> It, does she know enough about the murder to be able to confess to it? Because he said that he did it. But if she, if the police officers are like, tell me how you did it. Where did you hit him? She she doesn't know enough, depends does she? How, how did you move him from here to here? Depends on... Dep- honestly, it depends on how smart she is and also whether they find the body and how they find the body. Well, they because, absolutely will find the body, Because she surely. could just say, um, no comment. That would be the smartest thing. No comment. I'm not saying anything. You find out. You find it for yourself, but I'm telling you I killed him. Um, and then say they find the body by like digging it up with a, you know, because they're, they're trying to dig the grounds up. Mm. If they if they've um, accidentally hit the body with a digger, it's going to smash up and they might not be able to tell. Maybe. I, mean, I just would have thought. The thing is, though, there will be like the, the edges of, because let's face it, his head was bashed in with a rock. So... There will be parts of his skull that are damaged with the edges that will be aged more than surely when you smash up yeah. a skull that's been there for a while, the edges will be look cleaner and Yeah. They'll 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 be able to tell like where he was hit. Well maybe Laura would be like, I can't talk to you until my lawyer, Gary Windass, gets there and she's like, <laughs> Gary, you've got to tell me how you've done it. Well I was wondering whether they're gonna draw Imran back into the story to get him to um, represent Laura. I mean... He's a bit busy at the moment. He is quite busy at the moment. And um, Laura's not his favourite person. No. But he might be um, like, duty solicited into her or something. <sighs> oh, I just and, love this. And then that could be <laughs> a way so of getting the, the Rana angle back into it. But yeah, I don't, I don't think Imran really needs to be in this story. But you know, no, it's, no, it's but, possible. Oh, I'm loving it. I really am loving it. I love this twist. I feel so bad for Laura. Mm. She's such a great character like she spent her whole life being selfish and then at the very end when she when she, her daughter needed her she managed to find the strength mm. i just yeah i it feels like this is very neat that she could take it to her grave but i mean that's obviously just her plan at the moment it definitely doesn't mean it's gonna happen and also even if she does i i don't know whether maria especially could live with the knowledge that this person has sacrificed her life and yeah, also basically. letting Kelly think her mum killed her dad. 
Because Kelly's yeah, not going to... that's really true. <laughs> Kelly, just because gonna... Gary's like, oh, I'm okay. I got away with it. Everything's cool. Kelly's going to be emotionally How is she going to react? She's going to be like, oh, I hate my mum. Yeah. And then everyone's going to be like, but she's dying of cancer. You can't be such an ass to her. And she'll be like, whoa, she should have thought about that. And then... And Gary would be like, this is really awkward. I can't explain why, but you should probably make it That's up to terrible her. of Gary to allow Kelly to think that. Well, yeah, you don't know. He might he might double confess. And then they'll, the police will be like, wow, God, is, is this double jeopardy? I don't know. I think it is. I'm looking it up in a book. Well, there's a film about it. We can watch the film. I'm not watching a bloody film about double jeopardy. I'm just going to assume that when two people confess to a crime, it cancels each other out. We'll have to let you go because I don't know which one of you done it. <laughs> oh, I think we're going to get some more very good acting from Millie Gibson next oh. week as well. Because, yeah, she was there at the very end, wasn't she, today? But, uh, yeah, she, when oh. when the bodies dug up and everything, she's she has... Has she... She has held on to the the idea, the notion that her dad's alive all this time, hasn't she? She's been yeah. This is going to be a shock because she didn't know her dad was dead, no. and now she now it's being now she's being told not only is her dad dead, but her mum done it. Yeah, oh, it's great. I'm loving this. I, I really, I know you've not liked this storyline. I've, I've Gary's not liked it as much as you. over the past few years has been my absolute favorite weird it's just, story. It's just dragged on because a bit remember much. like. Years ago, we were saying, oh, don't really like, don't really like Gary. He's boring. He's just really dull and like, oh, he's such a nice guy. Then he murders people and starts being a loan shark and like adopting orphans and waifs. Mm. Fantastic. I just, I just, he's not that great a character. He is, he's brilliant. The other thing, mini complaint at that I had about this one, it was that it was getting a bit too close to being an exact rip off of the Phelan story, wasn't it? When it is a bit. When yeah. Phelan had who was it? Uh, Vinny and Andy. He had their bodies in the reservoir at the place that as oh no, yeah. they're they're developing the what was it, print works or something that they were putting there? And Phelan's like, well, oh, I'm gonna sort that out. I'm gonna get working on the building site myself, and I'm gonna uncover them. I'm gonna dig them and put them in cement and everything like that. And then they're gonna be the concrete to that was awesome and this feels like it was kind of the same but now it's now it's not because i guess that the bodies will just be found but but you know this is what it's like in manchester and salford at the moment just a redevelopment everywhere how many bodies being dug up left right and center you can't move from mm-hmm. yeah that's true um anything else to add about there that was one? a funny line what did you think of the line on monday when maria's like you better not be calling me elite and kirk says we didn't even try pesto in two thousand and three. I think that's I, funny. I, I, it's quite, I can't ever remember that line, but I see you've written it down in your Monday notes. Mm. But I quite like it. Yeah, pesto. Pesto nice. is quite an elite uh, condiment. Mm. You don't like pesto, do you? I'm not, not a fan. massive fan of pesto. Pesto is something that I actually quite started enjoying around about two thousand and three when I was living in France because the people that I was living with made pesto pasta. Yeah, well, so, I think well, whenever I smell Kirk. pesto. And hot olive oil, I think, of you living in France. Oh, thanks. Because I think you used to fry a lot of stuff in cheap olive oil. Yeah, probably. Anyway, that was all quite cool stuff. Uh, ne- next week definitely has potential to be quite fun, with this storyline obviously being fairly oh, major. Okay, Maybe dear. the Abby and Rantoya story coming back, because can't, that can't afford to go off the boil for much well, I longer. Loved, I loved And also Fizz stuff. and Phil and Tyrone oh, yeah. in the house. Um, which I'm very much looking forward to oh, as well. In the what's going to happen to Phil and his job? 
Um, oh, I hope he doesn't lose his job. It looks like he may be well, do. Well, he so, can't go around. Um, he can't go around leaking reports. So I get, I get the, I get the Craig story to talk about now, and I think this isn't maybe going to have quite the same level of enthusiasm or discussion on it. But let, let's just see. What can we do? So it starts off on Wednesday, and he's being a bit arsy with Faye about everything because he's <laughs> he's sick of taking orders from Kirk at the at the, the box packing place. Now don't blame him, although I mean. Kirk is technically, or he's his kind of stepfather, isn't he? But I don't think that's what he's got the problem with. He's obviously... He thinks he's too good. Too good to be taking orders from Kirk, the well, village idiot. You know, yeah. Um, so then we have a scene... I don't, think it's, I don't think you're legally allowed to let Kirk have a job. <laughs> then we have a scene in the factory later where we find out that Peanut, the dog, has got fleas and Beth says, oh, Faye, can you look after her until we can get... We, we want to get Peanut out of the flat, then we want to have the flat defleed, and then we have the Peanut back Here's in. The I think I think it's Kirk that's no. brought them in, to be honest. What's the no. answer? I'm not looking after your flea-ridden dog. You don't need me to look after your dog while you deflee your flat. You can oh. do dog and a flat at the same time. Not only is Peanut flea-ridden, but um, she's also, but Faye's also allergic, isn't she? And Craig says, oh yeah, we can't, sorry, sorry about that. Anyway. But they do um, anyway. Yeah. So when Craig um, goes, Beth starts digging with Faye a bit more about why Craigie left the police. Did something happen? Because at this point, there's not many people that actually know the well, real Well, no, of course there's only three there's people know. Of, yeah, there's a kind of dead man. There's um, a dead man the and there's a plastic fingernail. Yes, there is down the drain. So um, later on, Faye opens up to Emma about struggling to deal with... Uh, with Craig's disappointment in his job and everything. And Emma says, look, you need to do whatever you can to make things up with him. So when Craig comes back home from work later, Faye's all dulled up and she wants to do something nice to try and to convince him to come out, go, get, go on the town. But he says, no, nope, it's a school night. I can't because I'm boring. So the next thing she does is brings Peanut round the flat. Her eyes are absolutely streaming because she's allergic, and, but she just wants to do what she can to make up to him. And he says, look, don't be a martyr about it. She says, I just want you to be happy. End of the episode. Emma comes home with a takeaway. Craig says, uh, me and Faye, oh, we've had an argument. Um, and actually, Emma, don't tell her, but shh, shh. I kind of resent her a little bit for everything that I've lost, my police job and everything, but I don't want to lose her. <sighs> Tragic. Friday, Craig tells Emma that I'm going to tell Faye the truth tonight. He kind of goes to tell Faye something in the morning, but um, they're interrupted by Emma, maybe. And, and Faye tells um, Elaine later, because Elaine's backing at everybody, um, that she might be up the duff. Um, but it's not really a good time, because Craigie and I are going through a bit of a bad patch at the moment. Elaine says, look, if you're, if you're pregnant, you're pregnant. But the first thing you need to do, take a pregnancy test. Second thing to do put the pregnancy test on top of a bin, please, or or maybe on top of your bag that also will fall out, something like that. So, is Faye pregnant? Yes, the miracle of life. She flipping well is. She gets a pregnancy test, does a bit of a wee on it, and she's got two blue lines, which means she has absolutely got a bun in the oven. Oh, I thought it meant it's your second baby. Oh, yeah, maybe. Is that how it works? Yeah. Wow. Octo mum, what's she got there? She's got oh, belly fit on the street. Yeah. How old must them kids be now? I don't know. She says, um, she says to Elaine, Oh, I think Craig was gonna break up with me this morning. Now what are we gonna do? And now I'm gonna I've got his and baby. Now I'm inside at the duck. Me. Yeah. And Elaine's like, it's never stopped you before. 
Exactly. Just have the baby. Emma comes home later, finds Faye a tad on the upset side and assumes that she's been told by Craig that I kind of resent you about this whole losing my job as a policeman thing. And she says, nope, I'm pregnant. No, she doesn't. No, she doesn't. She says, nope. What does she say? She says, I think I'm allergic. Oh. And then then Emily, and then Emma's like, oh, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have said anything. Oh, yeah. And Faye's like, what do you mean? About what? And she says, oh, Craig, Craig hates, hates you. Because <laughs> <laughs> he really liked being a policeman and everything and he was so good at it. Craig decided for himself not to be a policeman. Hmm. Nobody, so, oh, he's such a stupid dick. Faye's gutted by this and Emma swears that he doesn't want to lose her, but Faye didn't know what to think. So um, they have a little makeup session in the pub later to do Hang Faye on. and Craig. That was basically it. She thinks, oh, what are we going to do? Well, yeah, yeah. And uh, and then, oh. Um, well, she's trying to tease it out of him. She's like, oh, I feel really bad. About what happened, um, I wouldn't blame you if you left. But then it becomes apparent that actually Craig's solution to this is not break up with you, Faye, but get my job back. Mm. See, so he's handling it in a more healthy way than Faye and Emma predicted, which means they've underestimated him. Uh, They should apologise. That's basically it, isn't it? No, and then she says, I'm up the duff. Oh, yeah, I'm up the duff. He's like, I'm going to get my job back. Um, If I was his... Manager at work at this police thing, I'd be really annoyed if he came back and then two weeks later he's like, I'm off on paternity then, bye bye. <laughs> um, and, and Emma kind of almost drops herself in it at the end of the episode, doesn't she? By well, saying, Yeah, um, hang on, they agree oh, that, that they're going to keep the baby. He says he loves her, I always love you, I'm going to go be a policeman. They go back to the flat, Emma comes in, sees they're happy, says, I'm going round to my friend's house for pizza. I'll just let him know. And they're like, ooh, a man. A him? Blimey. Gemma, I've just says, remembered no, it's something. A I've just remembered something very important. No. Do you remember earlier in the notes when I put a note in oh, the yeah, wrong place? Did. And that was quite an important plot point, wasn't it? Did we? And then we didn't say we it. We didn't talk about it. Maria's won the election, everybody. <laughs> I think we've alluded, alluded to we it. We alluded to yes. I, I'd written that accidentally in the Adam storyline and then we didn't put it we back in the right place. But hooray, well done, Maria. You've won the election. A little bit disappointed by this, but um, do you think that she's going to be it's still councillor for much as hell, longer? Isn't she? She's. I just. I, like, I kind how of. How is she going to solve when, the problem of dying planet? I I assumed that when she had her little mini victory at the end of Monday's episode, that hooray, they're not going to build a bypass on the red wreck anymore. I thought, oh, okay, fine. They've they've managed to solve her problem. But uh, they, we, we're not going to have to be burdened with her being a counsellor. But oh no, she is actually going to be one. Which was odd because it really did seem midway through Wednesday's episode that all signs were pointing towards the other guy getting it. So I don't know why there was a sudden turnaround. But um, yeah, that's obviously going to cause a little bit of a problem when it turns out that um, there's a, she's kind of linked to this dead body. See, anyway. See, this is the trouble about Coronation Street and tackling very huge issues that affect the entire nation and trying to make neat narratives and satisfying plot arcs for characters like with James James comes out as a as a gay footballer and everybody sort of grows to accept him and like nobody makes a big fuss about it but it doesn't really make sense because in the like the world of football it's not like he's cured homophobia in the world of football in, even in the show no and the same thing with Maria like what's she going to do all she's going to do is make a bunch of really annoying local ordinances that inconvenience people and don't actually solve anything because it would it's like I'm trying to think of an analogy it's it's like 
taking water out of a bath that's overflowing with a pipette. <laughs> like yeah. you, you can you can do what you like, but the water's going on the floor. What happened to her plan to um make uh, Coronation Street parking residents only? Is she given well, up she on gonna, that? Is one? she going to bring that in? Did people vote for? Her? I know this is a horrible plan all along. Mm. She's going to make them get residents parking. I don't. I don't know. Get what, mad about I don't it. Think she's got any policies now? Anyway. Yeah. What is her policy? Pollution's bad. I got rid of my SUV. Mm. Um, anyway, to start with. Sorry. Back. Back to the story uh, with with Faye. Um, oh, hooray! She's pregnant. And everybody's like um, suspicious of Emma because she is going round to her friend's house. Place your bets, ladies and gentlemen. Will the baby be born? Gemma, what say you? 50-50, as usual, as a time <laughs> on a tradition in Coronation. We just had a baby been born, so no. Do you, do you reckon? Do you reckon that was the baby of the year, Alfie? I just don't want... I don't want a sad... I don't want Craig and Faye all sad, you know? But I also don't want them having a baby, because it's boring. Yeah, they can be. I, I just don't like how sometimes pregnancies are used as plot devices and then it's like like they treat the as a bit of an inconvenience and then the baby goes but then I'm kind of grateful but I uh, I send her to, to a be honest, unwed mother's home I do think it's quite sweet because we've seen these two Craig and Faye kind of being a bit sweet on each other for many many years now <laughs> yeah. way back when well, she was when Miley was born 7 years ago yeah way back when when she was quite young and he was maybe a bit old and it was a bit, a bit older, odd. Yeah. Um, but now, you know, they're both consenting How adults and everything. How old is Craig? I don't know, mid-20s, mid I is guess, he? isn't he? Because yeah. when, when she's like, oh, I'm going to have a baby, I was like, oh, they're too young to have children. No, but I guess that's kind of a right. normal age. Yeah. But they just look so young, don't they? I, I, do, um, I do think that those characters belong together for lack of a better term it doesn't mean that they're no, an exciting couple but I mean well, I don't think there's anybody more suited to them than they are so yeah. I'm just happy for together, when shall we? people want something like that like having a child I guess they always thought that they would and then it's very very gratifying when somebody can get something that's so simple and lovely mm. as that and be happy about it and stuff that's a very sweet yeah. And happy yeah. thing for them. Yeah, but there is still the spectre of old dead man, isn't there? That's um, looming over them. That's not gone away yet. No, um, I've got a yeah, cryptic... it, I mean that's the thing. She killed a man. She did. She did kind of, didn't she? She yeah. lost his hobnobs. I've got a very cryptic note here that I can't remember what it referred to. T-shirts two days in a row. What was that? Talking what about. does that mean? Somebody thinking they were smelly. I think because they wear t-shirts two days in a oh, row. Oh, you getting defensive? I am a little bit. Well, I, don't even ask how, many, how often you wear a pa the same pair of trousers. I don't change my trousers very often, and I certainly Disgusting. wear my T-shirts for many much longer than two days in a row. This is a brand new T-shirt I've got on today for the podcast, but I did realise that um, that the one I had been wearing has been about a week, That's including my, my hot trip around Manchester, so I'm sorry if I've been a bit smelly. But you do don't, you, do you change shirt your shirt two days day? in a row is fine. What were school shirts? Yes, I'm asking you. Um, yes, but I always get two wears out of a school shirt. So I kind of wear one, then put it back in the wardrobe, and then I wear it, give it a second go, and then it goes in the washing bin. That's all right, isn't it? I don't think it's very worth asking people about very specific hygiene questions because people get weird about it. I think it's fine. I think it's fine. People think get really fine. weird about it and I they get like angry lovely. about if you make, if you have a different idea about how often like to change your bed sheets or something. It's like you committed an atrocity or something. <laughs> right. The halo story, Gemma. 
Yep. Jacob and Amy. This story was an advert for Depop. What's that? It's an app that you can use, and thank you, Depop, for paying for this uh, product placement here, um, <laughs> that you can list. It's like eBay, but for clothes. Okay. I used it quite a lot. Well, do you want to explain how? Because I remember it being vaguely mentioned and you <laughs> remarked on it when we were watching, but I've got no idea now. Um, so on Monday, um, Amy's left home, hasn't she? She's yes. gone to live with Jacob last week. And Steve's getting annoyed because Tracy hasn't bought all of the stuff that he likes to sneakily eat that is actually supposed to be for, for Amy. And he's convinced that Amy's coming back, but Tracy um, is not. So um, Amy does come back, but she only wants to see Ken. So she sees Ken in the cafe and she gives him this pitch to ask for Deirdre, Granny Deirdre's money. And she gives him this spreadsheet about all oh, of yeah, her she's plans done her homework, she? for how, what she's going to spend all the money on. And she's like, oh, I'm not going to need that much cash for clothes because I'm going to use Depop. And Ken's like, Depop? And then she says, Depop, yes, it's a fantastic app that you can use to sell and buy secondhand clothes. And Ken says, my goodness, I should use that to sell that stinky old kimono that I've still got balled up <laughs> in, the, in the bottom of my wardrobe. No, that's not really what happens. Um, he says, sounds like a great idea, I'll give you the cash. She does do a very convincing job. Well, I don't, well, I don't understand why they're not giving her the money. It's her money. Um, Ken tells Steve... That Amy, we're getting distracted because the cat's playing. Amy's what is she playing chasing with? something up and down the corridor. Something uh, loud. Down the hall, yeah. Um, I'll go, I'll go. And you, you keep okay. talking. I'm going to go. Ken's really chuffed got. about this because he tells Steve that Amy will be the first McDonald woman to go to university. And Steve tells him that Jacob's going to waste all the money and it should be invested in property. And for some reason, Amy, um, Steve and Tracy are really convinced that... Amy should be buying a house rather than going to university, which I'm, is a bit weird. I'm back in it. What, what is this thing? I don't know. I think... I think it looks like part of a tumble dryer or something that she's been chasing down the hall. Some kind of weird gizmo. No, it's, just, it's a little gizmo. There you go. I'll be coming back. <sighs> so, yeah, he's begging Ken not to transfer the money. And so Ken Ken's like, whatever the last person told me is what I believe. So he won't give her the money. So Amy gets mad, confronts Stephen Tracy, tells him they won't, they're not going to stop. She's like, you're not going to stop me. All you're going to have to do, all I'm going to do now is get a job. And she's absolutely furious. And I think she's got a right to be, really. Yeah. Steve is aghast to see Amy later, sweeping up outside the kebab shop. And he's worried that her grades are going to slip if she's spending all of her time working. So he confronts Deb in the shop about giving Amy this job and Ardy admits that he hired her because he's kind of like the manager. And Dev doesn't care about this at all until Steve tells Dev that Amy's boyfriend is drug dealer Jacob Hay what? who used to sell drugs from his chippy and had him hauled up in front of the police. Dev is outraged and Steve just leaves chaos in his wake. He kind of sails off like, toot toot, bye, see you later. Um, and yeah, Amy gets fired. Steve tells her um, that she's better than working in a kebab shop and she leaves an upset and Steve tells Tracy his plan is working but Tracy's undermined him by giving Amy secret job, well it's not secret, she tells him, in the florist so she can keep an eye on her and uh, make sure everything's okay. So on Wednesday, um, Steve is moaning that Amy's got too many shifts at Preston's Petals but Tracy's glad that she's going to get to keep an eye on her as much as possible Tracy tries to persuade Mary to drop hints with Amy that will make her think that she's missing out on all these lovely parties. But Mary, Mary makes well, she says something about some lame thing that happened at, at a party that she went to. 
So Amy's not really worried about missing out on that. Well, she talks about traffic cones and I don't, I don't know what happens at a student party. Did we go to any student yeah. parties? Yeah, he just looked really awkward until we left. That sounds about it. right, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. Later Talk on... back to me. Also, I didn't drink back in those days, so it was a very cheap student experience. Yes, everybody, can you believe this? Yeah. Um, I th- I'm glad. I'm kind of glad I didn't, really, because I would have spent all my money on that instead yeah, of what didn't... I did, which was The Sims. When did you start your hardcore boozing? Uh, oh, when all the b- things went wrong in my life. <laughs> so, um, the moment you realised that you're stuck with me forever. When I realised how much divorce costs, and it's pretty much the same as just getting drunk for the rest of my life, so I thought I'd go with that instead. So later on, Tracy's knocked to find Mary. It's completely won over by Jacob's charms. He, he, is, a, he is a charming chap, isn't he? The end. That that there's that there's there's a not much story. to talk about that. There isn't really. It's just more of um. Steve's being a terrible parent. Yeah, well, you know, Jacob is an ex-drug dealer, but we know that he's actually really nice. I don't blame Steve for doing what he does particularly, but no, I know oh, it's difficult though, isn't it? There's yeah, and it's also like I do feel like if it's a sizable amount of money. They're talking about thirty, forty grand or something. Mm. They should have bought her a place ages ago. <laughs> Yeah. You know what I mean? That that house deposit is gradually dwindling into, oh, you could probably buy half a boiler. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. I, we have nothing more to say about this one, have we? I like I like Jacob and Amy still, but nothing much really happened this week. So finally, this is a really quick street talk we're doing, considering it was exact. a... Quick. considering it was a big week yeah. um, but the TIM TMI story was back <laughs> with a bang on Friday oh well, no the, it wasn't there was no bang there was a nearly bang uh, but it was full of very racy talk and, and lots of rudeness which is um, absolutely uh, disgusting us, us prudes didn't enjoy it at all but anyway Tim, Tim's there with Steve at, the, at their house at, at Tim's house he says I've got a cardiology appointment tomorrow and this guy's going to tell me whether I can um, resume intimacy self intimacy or otherwise Ugh. I don't think that's can't the... believe they mentioned that I genuinely don't think that's the point of the meeting no, that's all that Tim Tim cares about. He's probably like, you can imagine there's going to be a sign on a, a scene on Monday where he goes to the meeting and he's been given all this advice and at the end of it and he's like, thank you very much, you can go now, Mr Metcalf. Hang on a minute, that's not what we came for. Yeah, I don't care about how oh, how much red meat am I allowed to eat and how long am I allowed to go jogging for and don't eat saturated fats and what's the difference between saturated... And I don't care about that. Mm. I'll just eat flora, but when can I shag? Yeah. Um, anyway, so so Steve starts. Steve says that they should do it all over the house to try and get away from Elaine. I don't understand. I'm not even listening to a lot. I didn't. I stopped listening because I don't care. It's, I've never really found it funny that Tim and Sally shag each other. It's like that just seems to be their thing, <clears throat> and it didn't used to be completely their thing. I think it was only at weddings. Yeah, yeah. That was the joke, wasn't it? It made them weddings made them horny. <laughs> Back back in the early days of their relationship, they were a lot kind of sweeter and more romantic, and I think just kind were. of cozy and fun together. And now, now just their whole like thing is that they're randy and carnal, in their fifties. Well, good for them. Yeah, but well, I don't that... care. Anyway, <laughs> Sally comes it's like, back. It's like ha- having very elaborate depictions of what somebody ate like i love food but i don't want to hear what you had for dinner i'll look at a picture of it on instagram but i don't want to see a picture of sally and tim shagging on instagram for example sally is back from newcastle presumably gina is fine now she's got over the whole bipolar she's either fine or she's dead well no but that's the thing this this i don't i was a bit surprised to see her this soon because 
you know, when these scenes were filmed, she was very much still in Dancing on Ice, wasn't she? So I don't know, maybe they gave her a bit of a reprieve to come back and do this. But anyway, uh, he says that his appointment is tomorrow. She thought it was going to be today. So um, she, she, he says, look, I don't care. It doesn't matter. It, let's, let's just do it anyway. Drop your knickers, Sally. And she says, no, no, we can't. But she eventually manages to give in to temptation. But before they can get very far, and he's kind of got his tongue down his throat, and that's about it, Elaine walks in on them. Oh, no. So she starts having a go at them, strops off. Tim says, oh, anyway, where were we? Let's get back to it. And Sally says, no, maybe you're right. We should wait until tomorrow. So um, I guess we'll see on Monday whether he gets permission to unlock the old chastity belt. Oh, oh no! Exciting. Uh, is, is this literally? Is this all it's going to be? Is he? Is this one of these? Maybe things... they're going to be like, yeah, sorry, you can't shag because you're going to die tomorrow. Is this? This is going to be a bit like the Grace story, where it's like we've all kind of thought it's finished, but it's not completely finished. So they just need to bring her back for a little epilogue. And is this going to be the little epilogue of Tim's heart's absolutely well, fine now? Um, Elaine does say something like, "Oh, there's a certain percentage of men who will actually die during." Intimacy. Coitus or whatever. Coitus. Whatever, whatever, I can't remember. And then she kind of walks out again, I've warned you. So imagine if this whole story was just leading up to Tim just dying in bed with Sally. Yeah. That'd bloody show him, wouldn't it? That'd shut her He'd bloody up, it. Sally. He'd love it. Well, you know what I mean? How embarrassing. <laughs> yeah. If, um, if, if that ever happens with us, I'm just dragging you into the woods <laughs> and saying, oh, look, he's drowned. What did you make of uh, Tim's Australian accent? Pretty good. Did it make you think, well, don't, don't worry well, about neighbours being cancelled? That's what I was cancelled. thinking when I was watching it. I was like, oh, good. <laughs> we got, we got it. Maybe uh, it's a sign. Maybe it's a secret sign ITV's trying to tell us that don't worry about neighbours. We're going to buy it. Yep. So that is it for this week's Coronation There Street. were some storylines in this week, as you probably could tell, that I did not really like. <clears throat> but I, I thought the Adam one was very dramatic and fun, even though it kind of, I felt like the ending was kind of like written on a napkin in the taxi, you know? Yeah. Then he um, falls off the balcony and forgives her at the end. Yeah. And she's like, oh, sorry. <laughs> mm. um, <clears throat> I really, really am loving, 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 loving Gary and Laura. Um you're you're loving 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 it more than me. I'm yeah. I'm more pleased that the wheels are moving after all this time, you know, the story's stagnating. But um this this week has certainly made me appreciate Laura a lot more. Oh. I still can't really what get behind Gary and Maria's characters, but I'm I'm glad that that things are moving forward, but if this does end with Laura taking the secret to her grave and being the scapegoat Tony Stewart style, then I will be very very annoyed. I I'm just so excited. Cannot wait for next week. I'm so thrilled because we'll find out whether Kelly gets the award or not. <laughs> Surely she will. Um, okay, so what are you scoring it then, Gemma? What do you reckon? This is definitely for Ooh, okay. for unhealthy cultural stereotypes. Okay. Um Oh, I found that it's a four. I'm going three and a half this week. I think other people are going to vote higher, you know. Lots of people really thought this was people, a bit of a... People absolutely love this this week. I'm only scoring it down because I'm not keen on... This week was a bit of a come down after all the Abby Sally. and Imran and Toya stuff the week before. And Tim. I have to say. And also... Craig and Faye. 
I don't mind them so much. Um, I gosh, okay. Mm. I think it. I think it. It gets. It gets half a pop mark bounced off of it because I. I felt like there was a massive, glaring, pointless plot hole. Well, not plot holes, but you know, with with the Adam story, Adam and Lydia storyline. I did just feel like it just descended into nonsense. Yeah, that, that's what I think. That's what and I think. And the other I'm half gonna... of Mark is because I don't really care about Tim and Sally and I don't really care about Craig being a policeman. I am going to go three and a half. <gasps> that's bad. I mean, no, it, it was Gary... it was billed as a big week and it didn't feel so See, big. This the, is the, your the, problem. The end of this week. Your problem is that you go, oh, it's going to be a big week. Oh, it's Super Soap Week. Oh, it's Brain Sports Hat Week. No, but you know what I mean? You're like, oh, I've just plotted a chart, an astrological chart, and it looks like this is supposed to be an important week. Like, don't well, go Whether it was billed or not, the fact that it was a stunt week and a big but revelation and confession week. Things. But whether you, you knew or not, it... there was a week that had a stunt in it, and I was left feeling a little bit, hmm, yeah, that was, that was an all right stunt, I suppose. And uh, rather than like, oh my gosh, did you see that? He fell off the balcony. Wow. So yeah, I am going to go three and a half minor accidents with Emma's epilator out of five. And my character of the week this week, I might say. Yeah. Is yes. Oh, it's Laura, Laura. Neilan. Yeah. It's Laura. Yeah, Laura Neilan. Oh, she's it's not got Good long job. left to, to win character I think of the week. It's probably a first character of the week. I would, uh, I would oh. imagine. But um, yeah, she's. I tell you what. Up in my estimations, you she know, has. this is the, this is the perfect example of of why you don't need to like everybody on Coronation Street because if Laura come in, being the perfect mum and being great and fun and nice and sweet and brilliant, this story would not have had her character growth and it wouldn't have been as powerful mm. when she decided to make a sacrifice for her daughter. Yeah. I don't think I was more down on her because, oh, she's a terrible character or anything like that. It was just that she was a, a very, very incidental, minor no, type character. No, but she character. wasn't supposed to be likeable. She was supposed to be grasping. Yeah, I know. And I quite liked the fact that she yeah, wasn't exactly. likeable. Yes, that's my point. That's my point. I'm saying... You 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 fall into this trap though with other characters where you're like oh I don't they're not really nice. Sometimes I do, but yeah, that wasn't do. the problem I had with her. I quite oh, like like when she was you know on the stand last year at the court case <laughs> and she accidentally dropped Kelly right in. I thought that was a great moment. Um, I just I just thought that she w- didn't have a whole lot to do, and she was you know made sporadic appearances for a good few years, and and this week she had her best week ever. So. That's why I think that she deserves character of the week anyway. That's what I think. What do you think, listeners? Write in and tell us or vote in our poll or something. Um, but for now, I think we will move on to the next bit of the podcast. Right, we are going to do some news. There's not really much news. What's going on with the news at the moment? We haven't. Uh, we didn't have a cabin section last week, did we? And then the week before that, we just had the whole precinct news. But even around that, there's not been that much going on. Um, you can vote now. Uh, now, can you vote in this one? Yes, you can vote in this one. The Trick Awards, um, te- television, radio, something, something, and every year I forget to find out what this means, but it doesn't matter. It's an awards show. Coronation Street is nominated. So if you go to https colon slash slash trc.org.uk slash public dash poll, then you can vote 
for all things Coronation Street. Well, not all Television things. and Radio Industries Club. Thank you. You can vote for Coronation Street being the best soap. And soap actor nominees this year are Molly Gallagher, Simon Gregson, Sally Carmen and Alan Halsall. So that's a quite decent selection. Interesting choice to put Simon Gregson in there, I would think. Um, if, if they wanted to go down the two women, two men route, I would probably say, looking at last year, someone like Charlie DeMello, maybe, maybe a better choice in there. Because um, I don't think Steve's done a lot recently. But um, Molly Gallagher and uh, Sally Carmen particularly, they were they were dripping with awards last year, weren't they? So it's not a surprise to see them there again. And um, I think Alan Halsell did a jolly good job with, uh, with Tyrone as well. So get to the Trick Awards, give them a vote, make sure that it's Coronation Street that takes home the Soap Actor Award and not one of those other soaps because, quite frankly, they don't deserve it. Next up, am I... Yeah, not everybody gets a three and a half week... Yeah, exactly, exactly. No, I really can ascribe to those heights. Did you want to see whether you want to have a go at Adlib in this next one, just based on my mini notes here? There's a new TV series what? on ITV later this year. It's called The Game. Ooh, how fun. And it's 12 celebs going head-to-head in a variety of sports, which I, I assume is things like Egg and Spoon Race. Yeah, um, Sack Race, Obstacle Course. Chess. Um, nuclear Power Station Decommissioning. Mm-hmm. Uh, no. Something to do with sailing, like it's, who can go sail around the world in 80 days. It's running and swimming and jumping and athletic kind of stuff. And there are one Coronation Street star and one ex-Coronation Street star in it this year. So we've got Colson Smith, the sportiest member of the Coronation Street uh, cast for sure at the moment. He's going to be... um. Jumping and running and jumping and running and swimming and, and biking spinning. and stuff. And Ryan Thomas as well, who played Jason Grimshaw up until a few years ago. So I'm again head to head with some other celebs. I can't remember who else there is. But um if that kind of thing sounds up your street, it sounds then, boring. Um, keep an eye on ITV. Yeah, I don't think Gemma and I'll be watching it, but I guess anybody who does watch it can tell us how they get on. Good luck, Colson Smith. I'm sure you do very well. No, you are you are svelte and fit and everything. We'll find out and we'll tell you. Yes. And, um, and finally, yes, that's right. We're at the end of the news already after this mini news segment. We have got, um, and we've mentioned this one before, the all-star musical that's coming up. But um, this, this is on April the 3rd, which is uh, just over a week's time. Lisa George is going to be starring in it. It's... Um, it's 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 celebrities do musical songs and there are some pictures of her um in it and i can't work out who she was supposed to be because i'm not much of a musicals person julie dench but um i think that lisa george is quite a good singer that's what i've heard so i'm quite looking forward to seeing how she gets on with that i'm sure we'll be able to watch that good luck lisa george um and that's literally it. There's no one news. Do, Come on, Coronation Street. Do, do something newsworthy. Why don't they do a reality TV show where they get people that can't sing, uh, celebrities that can't sing, and they get them to sing in a musical at the end? And then they can get a bunch of people who are like, well, I, I don't know how to sing. I'm just an opera singer. This is this is pop music. <laughs> it's, it's completely different. <laughs> well, Lisa George is a bit of a rockabilly singer, isn't she? Yeah. She's and I don't very think cool that she's and um, doing that. Like retro, she like retro stuff. She is, yeah. Fun. Anyway, that is literally it. Come on. She's very glad, More glam, news isn't next she? week, Coronation Street. You can do Much it. Give us things to talk Beth. about. But uh, this is going to be another short podcast again. I'm very right. sorry if people have some more. Next, it's time for some feedback. All right, we have got our feedback. We have got loads of feedback this week. So thank you very much, everybody who has sent us in messages and stuff. 
Um, I guess that makes up for the short news segment and short street talk. So um, average score in the Facebook group for last week's Coronation Street was 3.78 out of 5. That seems a little bit bit, bit low. I can't remember what we ended up giving it in the end. But um, anyway, 3.78 is what the people voted, including Chad, who gave it four awkward kisses in front of your disapproving <laughs> parents out of five. Fiona voted three cute little Bananarama tribute acts out of five. Yeah. Amber was my pick of the week this week, who gave it four trails of knickers from a soggy cardboard box out of five. Thank you very much, everybody who voted. It's always nice to know what you thought. Um, now, we have got a message here from Team Internet Queen, who was responding to our video on the um, Coronation Street precinct. Oh, is this precinct. a comment from YouTube? This is a YouTube comment. We oh. get our comments from everywhere. It's amazing. So um, she says... Or he says, I, don't, I guess she. Um, she says, this is the last thing I expected from Corrie. Precinct-style shopping is very much on the decline. Even tiny working-class towns in the northwest are getting funding for development because the existing units are run down and empty. It makes me think that they're trying to show poverty, drug and gang stories <laughs> in this space. But is that even what the viewers want? Poverty porn, like Jeremy Kyle and Benefits documentaries, ended for good reason. But on the flip side, do characters like Abby, Gemma, Bernie, Paul and Jacob even make sense on the street? In order to see a poorer person in Corrie, they have to have bunked up with a richer person. Maybe they should have their own homes and stories. Interesting. Isn't this just a really obvious sign about how far Coronation Street has wandered from its origins as um, very concerned with working, working class, class people? Yeah. Because home ownership is a struggle for even middle class people who are very young these days. Um, I don't know how many people, you know, are able to buy even a, a terrace. No. Um, it's really interesting, isn't it? It's just as funny that, you know, the poor... Like, the, Held Ogden was, like, the lowest of the low. Like, everybody thought she was poor scum mm. back in the day. And she still lived in the same house as everybody else. Yeah. Doesn't it kind of show, like, how badly things have gone for income inequality in this country where... It doesn't even make sense that some of these people can afford to live <laughs> in this place that used to house factory workers yeah. 100 years ago. Yeah. Um, do you do you think that the, the current characters, like the ones that were mentioned here, are going to end up in the precinct? It just feels <sighs> to me that they're not going to use they're the, not going the set to. very this much. Is what I, honestly, I agree with you. I don't think they're going to use it. The problem is it makes sense to all of us to say, this is where... You know, like, we've got Polly Pocket. Like, this is... Bernie's house and she lives here and this is Paul's house and he lives there and this is where Amy and Jacob are living. Well that's what but... I was thinking I mean Jacob and Amy have moved out it feels like they should have waited until the precinct was born was bought because that would be the perfect place. But as I was saying the thing is they're not going to do that number one they're not going to build sets for all these people and number two when you cram people together to make them forced to live with each other it just makes it easier for them to have scenes together. Yeah. That's the thing you've got to think about, the logistics of the storytelling and how Coronation Street can tell stories much better when characters live together, even though it logically makes no sense. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's why Laura's moved in with Gary and Maria. Not because it makes any sense, but because they needed those characters to have scenes together. And that was the easiest way of doing it. Very true. Next story, next email, please. Nicole says, I just wanted to say I'm enjoying your pics from your trip to Manchester. It looks amazing. It's so interesting to see the layout from a different perspective. Oh, thank you. Well, we didn't post any pics today, did we? We're trying to um, spread them out a little bit over the next few weeks. I mean, we, we've got quite a lot. 
Um, so yeah, keep an eye out on our on our Instagram and Twitter and everything. And I think what the the idea is is that when we upload this week's bonus podcast onto YouTube next week, we'll try and add some um some pictures and maybe some videos. This is and what stuff I'm supposed to be there. doing, but I, I've I gave, spent yeah. all day doing something else, haven't I, I? Yeah, you've been staining the decking today, haven't you? Like you said earlier, but I spent a little while yesterday evening giving you a quick crash course on how to put <laughs> videos together on the Mac. Good, I don't know what and that I was just does. waiting because I was going to get home from school today oh, and you'd have yeah, made the next up. Hollywood blockbuster on there. I was there, so but mad no, at you. Stained deck. Why were you I was, mad at Well, me? because I was there on my hands and knees with a aching back, the sun on, sun on my head, blisters all over my hands and my feet. Painting the decking as a surprise for you, and you're like, "Have you done the video? <laughs> you done the video yet?" I didn't know that you were doing it. I, oh, I know. Said otherwise, it's a very nicely stained decking. Thank it's you. It's very, very lovely much. and stained. Right, Nicole says, "Unfortunately, I haven't been listening to the podcast what? as much as I would like." Okay, well, as long as you'd like to listen to it more, <laughs> that's the first step. My commute is now being taken up with Italian lessons. Mamma my daughter, <laughs> my daughters. That means, oh my god. Nicole, you should know that by now. My daughters and I are finally making our 2020 trip. It was supposed to be my retirement celebration, but instead of sipping wine in the Tuscan Hills, I was back working all the hours God sends following up on a particular communicable disease. You may have heard of it. <laughs> so we're trying again this May. How exciting. That is really, oh, I'm so pleased for you. That's fun. I want to go to Italy. Don't bother learning Italian. You've been to Italy, haven't you? Prego, prego. So you need to know. Is or that... like, well, that's just what they say for everything. Uh. <laughs> and pizza. No, mind you, they're not like the French. There's no point learning French because you go there, you try to speak French to them and they'll pretend they don't understand the word you're saying. What, what have you been or doing on Duolingo for the past three or four Because months? I want to get them back. <laughs> and I go in there and speak perfect French. They won't even know I'm English. That's my plan. Bonjour. And they'll be like, oh, qu'est-ce que c'est? <laughs> Une femme angélique. <laughs> That's French, right? Yeah. Okay, right. Um, so Nicole says, also, it seems to me that Canada is way behind once again. I tuned into a podcast, which I thought was the right one. Turns out I was way off. We're now three and a half weeks behind instead of two. Well, Probably happen. happened during the Olympics, but usually they catch up. So you don't need to watch the Olympics, Nicole. You can watch the games on ITV with Colson <laughs> Smith. Um, Nicole says, I'll still be tuning in. I'll definitely listen to your podcast about your trip. Hope you're both well and starting to enjoy spring weather and tinkering around in your new garden. Funny you should mention that. I have it? been enjoying the spring weather. It's been delightfully sunny this I... past week or two, hasn't it? Yeah, it has. lo lovely weather in Manchester. You know what that means? The frosts are on the way. Uh-oh. I've been buying lots of lovely shade plants for the bottom of our garden, Nicole. Because when we moved in here, the people, the previous owner said, nothing grows down that part of the garden. And, and I Gemma's looked at it, I was like, them I'm pretty sure it's because you keep trying to grow sun plants in a shady area, <laughs> but never mind. Well, we'll see, won't we? Um, I hope the, uh, I'm just waiting to see when I have to mow the lawn and seeing how You keep going on about mowing out. the lawn. Yeah, you think I'll do it one day, did I it, You wouldn't have to talk I'm about it. I'm busy at the moment. Okay. George says, hi, Michael and Gemma. I don't know about you two. But some of the actions from the residents this week showed they have a bit more compassion than I have. <laughs> First up, is that really how Lydia ends with a slanging match on a balcony, which she then pushes Adam off? And for what? As I'm still confused as to why she's been the way she is, apart from being a woman scorned, which is not an excuse to commit attempted murder. Why? Although at least Finn got a mention, so she does remember having a spawn who may or may not be Adam's. I think we can confirm now that Finn is not of Adam's loins. And also not... 
fake, which is probably the most disappointing revelation of that She day. didn't attempt to murder him anyway. She just gave him a little shove and it was a bit it's too hard. It's his own fault for being dramatic, wasn't it? And going backwards off the Most side. Most people would have just gone, whoa. You nearly, then... you nearly pushed me over the side, you idiot. Yeah, he didn't but actually have to launch himself. <laughs> Laura, 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 um, says Josh. I do not understand any circumstances condone her behaviour and she should no, be... A, I, I do, do not, not under any circumstances condone her behaviour and she should be ashamed of herself as just because you're dying from an incurable illness that does not give you the right to get plastered and shame on Bernie <laughs> for encouraging her and I, if I was Kelly I would not be so forgiving this is just a normal Friday night for most people what's the problem do you, do you feel bad I mean uh, we, we found the, the drunken scenes quite entertaining didn't we but do you think that um, Laura as a, as a responsible mother should be maybe trying to she's dying Okay, give her a break. I'm sorry, but it's how not can like she's doing it every night. Is keep it? themselves together, knowing that's gonna happen. No. I don't. know. I'm still seeing people online saying, "Is she really dying? Is she really ill? Is she faking it?" I think she's really ill. I think she really, really, definitely is. I don't think Gaddis would be rounds with a, you know, with a placebo <laughs> pill. Going, would she? Wink, wink. Here's your drugs. <laughs> wink, wink. <laughs> Maybe she, maybe she's not. Maybe she started off faking it, and then she believes her story, and she's going to confess to this murder. It's like, oh. all right, I'll be dead soon. It's like fifty years later. <laughs> oh, that was, oh, I made it up. It was didn't hypochondria. Done. Finally, says George, Steve and Tracy need to get a grip and stop meddling with Amy's life. After all, she's eighteen and is old enough to make her own choices. So they need to just go back off. Or they just need to back off. They simply need to back off or they'll end up driving her away for good. Yeah, I agree with that. Amy's not going to be driven away for good. She's too too much much of a mummy's girl, isn't she? Absolutely. She's a daddy's girl. Yeah. She's a a parent's girl. Yes, she is. (laughs) Right, Nancy has written in and she said, what stood out for me this week was how grateful Abby feels to have Toya in her corner. She had not expected Toya to pay the deposit for a flat in the precinct. This gives me hope that she will stay off drugs. I would like to think that she would let Toya raise her Alfie if she could not do it. Imran genuinely cares for Alfie. When Toya finds out, she will be furious enough to have her out with Abby, but she may end up forming a stronger bond with Abby because of Alfie. That's an interesting idea. Maybe. Don't know if that will happen. Um, Kevin still has feelings for Abby, and he is thinking about the affair he had with Molly. Does Jack know about Molly? Debbie was wonderful with Abby and Imran. I don't know what Jack knows about his uh, paternity, to be honest. Really Less care. you know, the better I think on Coronation Street. It makes for a good revelation later on down the mm. down the pike. Mm. Laura may find out that Gary killed Rick. She did. <laughs> Phil is going to have an earth-shattering news about Maria's opponent. We need a funny Buzz of the Bee performance by Kirk. No, we don't. I think we you've been watching no clips, Buzz of the Bees. Nancy, to know that there was going to be a Buzz of the Bee performance. <laughs> I want him to sing the Other Souls song. Yeah. In the bus of the big that would definitely get How you fired. On earth? How on earth did Maria win this election when her when her stupid brother dressed up as Buzz of the Bee was her main kind of proponent? Doesn't make sense. That other guy must have been really corrupt. Yeah. And also the other thing, right? This is the thing that gets me about this. This earth shattering revelation was that a road causes pollution. And everybody's voting was like, What? Why? How? <laughs> I had no idea. I can't in good conscience vote for that. Most people would be like, yeah, who cares? I don't, I don't care. This bypass needs to be built because I want to, don't, I don't want to spend an extra five minutes driving to Sainsbury's. Mm. People are so like selfish and, um, what's the word? 
short-term thinking. And I'm one of them. I'd be the same. They'll realise and they'll soon regret voting Connor. They will do, yeah. Um, Amy showed how strong she was this week when she and Jacob met with Tracy and Steve in the bistro. She definitely takes after Deirdre and Liz. I think Tracy is going to find a way to have a stronger relationship with Amy. I loved it when Simon had to admit what he said. I love the way Grace showed up. Aggie and Ed were so afraid to tell Michael yet again. When they, when they did, we went and spoke to Grace. Grace and Michael finally had an honest discussion. Grace did love Michael. The birthday party for Glory was lovely. Why did Lydia do a runner so Adam would have to chase after her? I loved it when that woman threw the wine on Adam. I give this week episodes three and a half banana rama tribute acts out of five. The character of the week is Abby and a shout out to Imran. Lovely. Thank you very much, Nancy. Thank you, Nancy. We have got a message from Jay here who says, oh. I hope you are well. Gemma, are you well? Uh, yeah. Can't complain. Mustn't grumble. I've got blisters. Yeah, she's been picking at her feet all the podcast, haven't you? And I'm covered in decking stain. <laughs> I've got like all these weird... I answered the door today with somebody who, like, um, like to, to answer, to get a parcel. And I was like, I'm going to look so busy and like studious because I've got all this like pain on my hand. And I looked down on my hands. I was like, it looks like I've been playing with my own poo in the bathroom. <laughs> I look mental. Now you know we've got poo coloured decking, everybody. Well, um, it's brown. It is. I don't think it's an out there colour for decking. <laughs> we had to go we to b q last night, didn't we? You get all sorts. We painted the decking the colour of wood. What colour is it? Dark oak? Is that right? Um, I hope you're well, says Jay. I have some questions about the street. I spent 20 plus years directing stage theatre and because of my background, I tend to focus on background and details that others do not when I'm watching TV or movies. Due to this distracting focus, I often have questions that bother me and maybe nobody else. Let's see. My first question... It's about the ginnel. Yep. We see that the residents and businesses in the street have the large plastic trash bins that are placed in the ginnel. The question <laughs> that comes to me time and time is, how do the people who collect the trash go to their job in such a tight area? We've got the same bins here, but we put them out in the street and a large truck comes out once a week with a big arm that picks them up and dumps them in the back. We don't have that. You could never get any vehicle in the ginnel. I know this isn't important to others, but I'm just wondering, are there everyday things on Corrie that you ever question how they would be accomplished with the set size of real life? Loads of them. But yeah, we don't have the... I don't know whether anybody, any councils have that big arm, but we don't... I've never seen that arm in this country. Basically here, the bin men just come and grab the bins and then they put them by the edge of the... or by the back of the The back of the the thing and it hooks it. The the little um, arms... Yeah. The the little handles are used to hook and then it flicks it up and empties and then flicks it back down again. So I imagine for the residents of Coronation Street, the bin lorry just sits on Viaduct Street and old Eddie Yates and Curly Watts go wandering down the ginnel, grab them, take them over there and there you go. I would be really surprised though if that is actually what happened because bin men probably wouldn't go down the back there. Well, no, I think they would up north. I think if they're trained to. They're trained, what? Like you've got to train them to pick up bins. Yeah, it's a... Well, Noble quite profession. often around our way, if you don't put them exactly where the binmen tell you to, <laughs> they're like, no, can't see it. I know they do, actually. Um, another thing that gives me pause to think, says Jay, is where exactly are the allotments supposed to have been located? Oh, yeah. I don't know where the allotments are. Carry on. I believe the last time we saw them was when Sophie and Rosie were burying drugs. I can't remember seeing the area since. Tree. I think we did, didn't they? Um... We I thought the Kathy and Roy story came after that. Yeah, carry on. Um, why don't we see them more? It would give some of the residents something to do. I bet Maria would have a field day there. 
literally. On. Roy would be a wise gardener that other that others come to for advice. You could have a vandalism storyline. Maybe someone is digging and finds a huge bag of drugs that were buried <laughs> all these years ago. Then the writers could write a story about the people on the street hiding them from the dogged eye of the Weatherfield Police Department. It would be like a big game of button? Button? What's that? It's where you button, bury button. drugs in an allotment and then the police come. And they go, button, button. I've never heard of this game before. Ah, oh, cultural Right, allotments aren't always necessarily very near your house. Like our allotment's like five minutes away. Yes. And um, the, I think that Coronation Street thinks that they've replaced the allotments with Victoria Gardens because actually there is an area there that's supposed to be a community, like, vegetable garden. Yes, yeah, where Jeff had his beans, isn't it, and Brian? Um, and also, Seb's Memorial Garden does have a small area that's supposed to be for herbs. Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, but the, the allotments themselves, we visited them one time. Yeah, they're they on sale. They're like really far away from they're anything. They're huge. That's probably why they don't do it there. Yeah, it's a bit of a, a, bit of a trek to get out there, isn't because it? Because also, I don't know whose allotment it was, but you, you rent the allotment off of the council. So the council will probably have to give permission as well for them to film there. Mm. And then you might not always have your allotment looking nice or want people to come and film in it. And they probably also trample everything. Yeah. Lastly, says Jay, I'm noticing that we're starting to see more background actors. I love watching the extras as they are called. They're called background artists. Yes, they are. It makes the street look more <laughs> realistic. I thought they were called something else. They're called Adam's gonna get in performance trouble with augmentation technicians. <laughs> It also gives you something to watch when you're not particularly interested in the scene that's being shown. <laughs> I watch it to see if they're talking to each well, other. We always look out for Adam, don't we? We do always like, look oh, out for Derek. Derek. Yeah. yeah. Um, I watch it to see if they're talking to each other, eating or looking at the yeah. principal actors, which they are not supposed to be doing. I'd love to see our beloved host of Conversation Street podcast in the background <laughs> scenes of the street someday. Yes, I mean, you know, it's we our... had it. There was a petition. There was. Yeah. It's our 10th anniversary this year. Wouldn't no. that be amazing? Yeah, I'd no, go I on. Wouldn't. I know you wouldn't want no. to, but I'd I'd be a background artist in Coronation Street for the tenth anniversary. It's not too late, Corey. Get me on that. I can't be captured on film. You could drink. You could have me. You know, stuff in my glass of lemonade in the Rovers. Yeah, lovely. If they asked, would you do it? Yes. Maybe by mailing a letter in the mailbox that never gets used, or taking a selfie in the middle of the Rovers. I think what can I be doing? What would I be doing? Be, if I, was I think a you would just look, You would just have a stupid look on your face, and they'd have to stop. I wouldn't. I'd be. I'd be the like, very really professional. Ser- serious, I'd just be totally like, deadpan about it. This is the most serious lemonade I've ever had in my life. Would I? Would I be doing that? Because like, you, you, if you're a background artist, you're either having a drink in the pub, or yeah. you're, you're, yeah, having po- a, um, a, just a walking drink down the, the street, having a drink in the cafe, or having a drink in the in speed dial having be, a drink in the bistro <laughs> I would like to be like crouching on the street with a cat no you're I'd asking like... too much now they've got to bring in an animal wrangler as well just for you well yes no bring your okay. own cat okay yeah I will if, if you're going to be, be in we took Abby up to be in Coronation Street she'd run into Trafford Wharf Road and get run over I'd... and then everyone would be bombed out and we'd never get invited back again I, I would I, I could be doing a bit of Pokemon Go on the street couldn't I just in the background product placement or I could be I could, could be, be in Chariot August... Square you could be an Argos delivery um, driver God, no in my life they'd probably put me in the Weatherfield County football grounds and I'd have to be pretending to be enjoying right. a football but like just channel your inner football fan and cheer like it's your team <gasps> I'd like, like to be I don't understand <gasps> maybe I could be a jury member on a court scene I could be going oh that Imran oh, what mm. a great lawyer he is yeah I would 
quite like to do this, although I think people might spot me and go, Michael, how did you get on there? And then I'd have to come clean about the podcast 10 years later. <laughs> That's so funny. That would be fun to do. But I, you, you just can't do it. They don't let any old riffraff no, on, they do don't. they? No, they don't. You've got to actually You've be... got to be an actual proper one. It's not fair otherwise. You've got to be in the group, in the club. I could be a potato on the allotment. Oh, I'm, <laughs> I'm ready. I could be a teacher in Daniel's school, couldn't I? You could come I? and go, Daniel, stop arsing around. Why did you go home at three? <laughs> what do you think this is? Right, we have got one more fierce uh, feedback left. And of course, it is from the lovely Rebecca. Gemma, pass over to you, please. i tell you what I could do. I could I could be in the background of a Tim and Sally team uh, scene as they're like... Um, Horning each other up, staring through the window, just shaking my head. <laughs> yeah. Like, you, oh, I've just dropped the mouse. You could, you could just be like a shadow in the, against the blinds, couldn't you? Then just you wouldn't constantly have to actually looking. appear. All the characters that I hate, I'd just be in the background going, ah, oh, you rubbish. You could, be a, you could be a curtain twitcher, couldn't you? I could be, yeah. You could be a Pafrina Sharples. Yeah, I could be a disapproving pervert. <laughs> <laughs> Not that Nina Sharples is <laughs> Right, Rebecca says, another good week headlined by the fantastic work by Sally and Charlie. In man's face when he realised he was the dad was so cute although when Toya finds out I hope she grabs little Elsie's hands and storms out of the flat I'm thinking the truth might come out in a court case for Abby to fight for custody I also liked Imran, Toya and Elsie spaced out on the street although it makes it sound like they were all <laughs> high on drugs um, spaced out on the street although that was definitely for social distancing it was a good idea I also like Abby calling Alfie kiddo as well I was surprised when Kevin was so understanding too, but when Abby misunderstood and made a move, that was the final straw for Kevin, although I think Tyrone is joining the dots about Imran wanting money for Abby. I also enjoyed the Bailey story too, and I was shocked to, to see Grace turn up on the cobbles again. I also thought, well, if Ed and Aggie tell Michael the truth, it will be okay, so I'm glad the truth is out now. I'm also, like Michael, being... I'm more, I also like Michael being nice too, and I hope they don't turn his character nasty. Oh, I don't think they... I think that would be a massive um, change in character if they make him nasty. I under- He's just level doofus. You see, it's funny like, because like this, there are a few other characters um, that are boring and nice, but I just don't find Michael boring. I just find him so charming. I know, he is. I just love him. Mm. I just... Uh, see, if I'm the disapproving pervert staring at the window, shaking my head at everybody, I could just imagine Michael just... He would be there going, yeah, yeah, you can do it. Go on, I believe in you. I'm going to give you a round of applause. In, in fact, I've invented a machine that gives you a round of, That was the first thing he did, wasn't it? One mm. of his first inventions was an app that applauds you. Yeah. Do you remember? Yeah, I do Because he's so that. nice. What happened to that part of his character, though? I say put Michael together with Toya when she inevitably splits up with Imran. Possibly he's a bit young for her, but I think she's too miserable for him. I don't think he'd be able to cope with her relentless, like, <laughs> seriousness. seriousness. <laughs> oh, but I tell you what I would absolutely love. I would love to see Toya go around for a meal at the Baileys and have Aggie be like, I know you're a vegetarian, so I've prepared some special dishes for you. <laughs> what would she make? Grass. <laughs> Even though Ronnie drives me mad, he was right this week, and I'm glad that Ed didn't start gambling again. I love Amy and Jacob together, and even though I still think Jacob might be stretching the truth a bit, i.e. Simon didn't call Amy a slag, I think he did say something. So Simon deserved that punch. I also think nothing will come of Amy moving in with Jacob, but it could be a cause for her not to go to university either. She fails, Either she fails her exams or she misses the deadline. Either way, I think this might be the way that Amy doesn't go to uni. I also liked Amy's green outfit too. 
I was also thinking of Tracy's dodgy boyfriend rather than Robert. Maybe the writers forgot about him. I still think Daniel was lying about Nikki not getting the TA job and I love the Daisy and Max scene with the money. Daisy's facial expressions were brilliant this week too, especially the one where Adam said Sarah was dead. <laughs> Jenny also gave Daisy some good advice. I agree with Michael. I think the elect election will clash with something coming out about Rick. Either the rival gets some dirt on Maria about Gary, but Maria wins anyway or whatever. Phil finds out or whatever Phil finds out has some bearing on Rick. Even though Laura is dying, I kind of want Gary to help her on her way to remind people he's a killer. Is that bad? <laughs> That's bad. You're so cutthroat. <clears throat> Finally, we all know Adam did nothing to Lydia. So can the truth come out now, please? Either that, or just don't show the story for a few weeks now. Lydia has gone missing. Character of the week is in Rana. Give it four times. Tracy whacks Steve over the head with Ken's biggest dictionary out of five. Mm-hmm. Wow, there you go. Thank you, everybody, for listening. That was a pretty quick and concise episode for once. It was. I mean, it's still nearly midnight, though, isn't it? These these late... No, Coronation Street isn't late, is it? It's finishing at nine. We keep saying that. It's got. It's... Yeah, I'm so it feels later, but it's not. That was a concise episode of Conversation Street. I hope you don't mind too much. But um, we did have a lovely bonus podcast this week, so if you haven't had a chance to have a listen to all our amazing adventures in Manchester, then please tune into that or look out for our YouTube channel where Gemma will definitely have edited together a lovely compilation of pictures and videos from our tour by Tuesday evening. That's her deadline. Um, we that that's it, isn't it? Yeah. We've also we're also if you're a Patreon member, look out for a Patreon episode because um we 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 owe you one of those in the next week as well. I'm not sure what we're going to do about it yet, but we will decide that over the weekend at some point. Um, and that's it, really. That is it. You can email us at conversationstreet at gmail.com. You can find us at conversationstreet.podbean.com. You can leave us a review on iTunes. You can um, Five stars. find us on Instagram, Twitter, Spotify. We're on Facebook. We're on YouTube. We're on Patreon. Yes. Oh, sorry, I didn't know. I, I was, oh, you spoke so quickly, though. I thought there and that's it for the week. Thank you for listening. Thank you for everybody. listening. We love you. Goodbye. Have a good day. Ta-ra! The music for this episode came from podcastthemes.com. Mm-hmm.